it doesn't even don't even waste it. This is like the dumbest book I've ever read in my entire life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is just like it is just so stupid for no reason, but it's like so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my oh, wow. gosh like you have uh all right all right yo 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 what's up everybody welcome to another relaunch i am lz salutations i'm keenan What's going on, Keenan? How are you doing today? Doing great. I feel very calm, very cool, very collected right now. I feel you say. You know, it's amazing. Uh, it is amazing. I'm chilling. I'm mellowed out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, trying to keep myself a, in a in a great space. <laughs> I had a busy week though, so like, Ooh, child, yeah, it was. It was. It's nice. It's nice to be. It's nice to be talking to you right now. Yeah, this, this is great. This is <laughs> I love this. You know, I, I, comic books are such a break for me, so I love this. Okay. <laughs> um, let's let's go ahead and get right on into it. Okay, so we're gonna start with um, some future state books. First up is Future State Superman Metropolis, Superman of Metropolis number two. Now, I did not read this because I am not a Superman fan. So, <laughs> you tell me what's going on. Honestly, so let me tell you, you know, I've said it for the last few weeks of these future state books, stories are not that important of what's going on. Um, this one even more so. I am also not a Superman fan or a Jonathan Kent fan, so I won't lie to you. I kind of skimmed through the beginning parts of it. There was some stuff with Supergirl. It seemed nice. Okay. I mainly picked the title up for the Mr. Miracle backstory. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, so the... Um, this issue and the first issue both had a Mr. Miracle backstory, but it was Shiloh Norman, the Black Mr. Oh, Miracle, who also okay. just got announced to have a little six-issue miniseries. Oh, they're giving by, him a mini. That's dope. Yeah, it's going to be written by Brandon Thomas, who is writing this uh, backup story in the book. Oh, wow. So they gave him a mini, too. So he must have been, this must have been great then. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's a really good read. It's just like a, a fun little kind of sci-fi adventure romp type of thing and then it's something happens i feel like he gets transported i don't know if he's getting transported to like the prime dc universe of whatever they're doing for infinite frontier or if it was just like something else but it was fun i mean again it's future state give me the present day stuff the miniseries is coming out that's gonna be good okay maybe i'll check out that miniseries was barda in it at all i always feel like no you know Oh, nice damn. to see Barter because they do know each other. They like hung out and everything. He lived okay. with um, her and Mr. Miracle for a time. Back and this 80s. is a big Barter, or did they have a? Is there another Barter? Does he have a Barter? He doesn't really have a Barter. No. Okay, that's cool then. That's great. There should only be one. <laughs> okay, say that. I <laughs> know uh, that's right. All right. Um, okay, so next up is Future State Wonder Woman number two. Now, I definitely did read this because, uh, wow, Yara Floor is, you know, <laughs> she's here to stay. <laughs> and this issue, like the last one, is beautiful. Like, Joelle Jones and her art is insane. This was um, both written and drawn by Joelle Jones, which I think that's awesome. Like, she's doing a whole book by her damn self. Um, and, you know, we open with Yara back in hell or at least like her interpretation of hell which i think is a really cool uh, premise um and she needs to cross 
the river sticks on get on this boat and you get a real feel of how yara likes to fight and she likes to fight (laughs) she is um she is an aggressive you know girl she is not one to shy away from getting her hands dirty which is really cool to see the action scenes in this book i thought were really cool and really like really beautifully laid out um so she finally crosses like the the river and then she's like having these she has this meeting with was that supposed to be the devil i wasn't sure what was going on there i think so or like hades i think i should say i I think it was like kind of like her version of hades the devil yeah bad guy yeah the bad guy yeah (laughs) right um so she finally like crosses the river and meets up with him and he's like this like i don't know ghost thing (laughs) he doesn't really have a face (laughs) (laughs) um but he's got this crown of swords which i think looks really really cool and then um in walks persephone in this like really beautiful like red dress and she's like glowing i thought that that was really cool um and i'm really so i'm really liking the the interpretation of like yara's gods i guess you could say um Mm -hmm. compared to what we've seen with diana or uh any of the other all of them pretty much have the same kind of gods with diana but i think that this is cool that she's having her own kind of pantheon or at least like they're they look different for her um and then she finally gets to hades and she basically says like you know i'm looking for someone we kind of finally find out what her purpose is what the mission she's been going on um and she has been like looking for her friend um i think i hadn't pronounced her name patera i think that's how you pronounce it uh but that's how i'm saying it i, I, was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out if i if that was right i'm apologize if i was wrong um and you had this whole flashback of whatever kind of war that they were in and they were like fighting something and and Patira was like off on about to fall off this cliff and Yara was like trying to help her up but then someone was going to come up and kill Yara from behind so in order to stop the guy from attacking and killing Yara uh Patira like threw her spear at the dude and like she had to basically fall off the cliff and die and um you like, I don't know, for me and the way that it was drawn, you really feel like the anguish that, that our Yara was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like trying to basically find her soul and bring it back to the living. Um, so she's made this deal with Hades to find her soul, um, to find Patira's soul. She does, which I think is is cool. Um, and that scene of her pulling her out of like the, the sea of souls and like the, all those hands, mm-hmm. it reminded me of like, Remember the Hercules Disney movie? Oh my gosh, I was just thinking that. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, when Hades is with the pool of souls and everything. Yeah. And like, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. That was the vibe that I was getting from that. I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, I wonder if she was, like, inspired by that. Um, so they finally meet, and Yara and Patira love Patira's design. I think they look really cool. Um, she was running along with Yara. They're trying to escape out of, I guess, hell. Um, and away from all these creatures that Hades kind of sent after them, they, or I should say Yara, is really, like, kicking ass again because, you know, she's not going to run from the fight. <laughs> and okay. um, she's, like, she kicks down this cave to kind of enclose the monsters behind them so that she can keep running, her and Patira can keep running. But, unfortunately, 
Patira gets caught in that in that cave wreck and she gets like stuck under these rocks and she's gonna die, which I think Yara probably needs to learn as a lesson about her aggression and how she takes it out. And yeah. because you're like, you never know what could kind of backfire. The the whole thing that you came down there to get, <laughs> you end up losing again because you were being so let me go kick ass and punch something. Um, so she had to kind of accept that Patira couldn't come back to the living and like she was dead. And I think that'll be like a, I don't know. I think the next series after this, Yara would be like Wonder Girl. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how she is even a little bit younger than this. Um, and maybe we'll even get to see her and Patira's relationship. Like if they were, how they were friends on whatever island or and that whole back history. Um, what did you think about like this whole story? Um, again, I think, I think I've, I've praised Joelle Jones like a lot. I think she is amazing. I think her character design is amazing. I think her writing is great. She's done like really good stuff. She just announced that the Wonder Girl series is going live. I think it's going to start in May. And she did this interview about it. Oh, I'm definitely she, that. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, in this interview she did for it, she discussed like her how she does character design and how she like studies all these different designers and she looks through all of these books and she kind of goes through the history of clothes and that always comes through in her work and like you kept saying the art everything just looked so good the book is stunning like she can do no like she can do no wrong with it like they got a winner with that um i think as far as the actual plot of the story it was a little basic i guess kind of straight yeah it was very like run of the mill you know bad guy want to go yeah, but again, like that's future state as a whole. So I'm hopeful for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm hopeful for like with the present series when we get back to it and kinda I'm gonna be interested to see how she writes Yara there and how much meat we actually get to the story of what's going on. Because I think from some of the preview pages, it showed her like with other warriors, possibly Amazons. I don't know. They look good though. Yeah, they look fantastic. I just I don't know if they're if they all are Amazons or if they are from yeah. some other place. Um because I believe Yara is supposed to be Brazilian, right? Yeah, or something like, like that. Thing. So maybe we're gonna get some Afro Brazilian. Um, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so into it. I'm excited. You know, the book, the book's gonna look beautiful. This book looks beautiful. I'm excited to get to know like a real Yara now. Yeah, if this was any kind of like inclination of what the series is actually gonna be like, then I am definitely in. I need this for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so next up is Future State Swamp Thing number two. Now, tell me about it because you know I don't, I did not read this. <laughs> um, so this is uh, this book was like interesting. So, like, I think I talked about when the first one at the end of it, there was a splash page of Obsidian. Oh, yes, 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 because I want to know Jade was coming. Yeah, she didn't, but <laughs> <laughs> see, but uh, but I, it was just nice to see Obsidian. He was kind of used in like an awful way. Um, oh, okay. So basically the premise of the story is that like there are these swamp thing type people, creatures running around, humanity is like dying off, blah, blah, blah. One of Swamp Thing's villains, Woodrow, who is jealous because he wasn't selected by the green to be Swamp Thing, has kidnapped Obsidian and found a way to use his powers to invoke never-ending darkness on the world. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was just the conduit for somebody's mess. 
Yeah, it, it, it was kind of sad. But it, oh. again, Obsidian, it gives me hope that maybe he might pop back up somewhere. <laughs> well, I saw some it. DC um, Infinite Frontier, like that number, I think it's the Zero issue arc. Yeah. And I think Jade was up there somewhere. Okay. So if she was there, I, then I'm assuming he's not too far behind. So I think I remember in one of the articles for it, it was saying that the whole thing about the DC universe now post-metal is that there's supposed to be like all these various multiverses where you can now pull any character from like any universe or any point in time and be like they're alive and it's supposed to be like the thing that you can now go at any period in dc continuity and like pull a character out oh i think okay sure i mean at this point would dc just do it like (laughs) you know it's their thing i mean they don't really have too much of a like continuity anymore so just you could do whatever um, and so in this Swamp Thing thing, basically the Swamp Thing people that he made are like trying to get him to help them. But in the end, he kind of destroys all of them to help the humans. And it's like this big thing that they kind of go through throughout the entire issues of the book where they're just like, he always goes back to humans. Like he's going to like betray us and all this stuff like that and so one of the people actually asked him they're like why are you doing this and so he's like you know they're humans and humans are supposed to be like pure it's this whole thing about how they're supposed to be like the sense of hope and like faith in humanity and all of those type of things and like that's why the person who becomes swamp thing has to be like inherently human and that's why woodrow didn't get picked because like he wanted too bad to be a part of the green he didn't want to be human and it's like no you got to still have that humanity so it was a nice little look in the swamp thing kind of like how that mindset works ran v is writing a swamp thing series post future state i'm definitely going to pick up the first arc i like ram i'm into swamp thing i don't really know why but he's cool to me hey we all have our faves (laughs) <laughs> so um yeah it was cool uh, obsidian died uh at, so at the end of it like basically swamp thing sacrifices himself he like merges with the earth so like he expands the green to this point where his roots go and like do all this stuff so the humans can like make homes for themselves and be protected from the never-ending darkness and cold and then like i guess thousands of years later they finally are able to come from out of the roots and like the sun is coming back out so it's like oh and there's like a okay. piece of earth growing that's like, oh, Swamp Thing might come back, the green. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Swamp Thing made an appearance in um, uh, DC Future State, um, the immortal Wonder Woman. Um, and he's like the last mm. thing, a part of like the green and earth and stuff. So that's cool. I wonder if they like are connected some way like that. The green never stops. It does not. <laughs> I know that's right. Um, okay, cool. Um, I wonder if that, series in the future is going to be pretty good i do like ram so that's exciting that they're giving swim thing another solo um all right so next up is future state the next batman number three now i did read this um but i did not think it was that great (laughs) yeah so this was another one like i kind of like just like i ain't really here for this i was here for the outsiders backup though now that Let's talk we'll about get to that. that. Let's, let's wait. We'll, let's wait that up. Let's wait that up. Okay. I don't okay, even care. That, that was good. So cool. Okay. So like the the next Batman chapter three. Um, this this is written by John Ridley and the art by uh, Laura Laura Braga, um, with colors by Arif Prianto. So I actually really like the colors in this book. Um, yeah. I thought those are really great, and the art was 
uh, good too. Like I said, I really do think that this Batman costume might be one of my favorite Batman costumes. Mm -hmm. But I will say that like I don't I don't care about Batman <laughs> anymore, which is wild to me because um, and I told my dad about this. And he was like, that is really wild to think about because when you were a kid, I had this like Batman action figure um, okay. that was like, that was like two feet tall. And it was like this hard, like, hard plastic and he had his little cape. And my dad was like, you would not like go anywhere without this Batman. Like you always have to have him with you. And now I'm just like, Ugh, Batman. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. It's it's funny how the tables turn, right? <laughs> um, so do you think it's like, are you tired of Batman? Are you tired? Would you like to see a non-Batman type? I mean, a Gotham with like no Batman at all. Do you want someone else's Batman? Do you just like want to get away from Gotham? I don't know. How do you even fix this really for me? I think so. They have this this new quote unquote Batman and it is supposed to be um, Jace. I believe that's what he's going by now, right? Yeah. Um. So it's like Lucius Fox's kid. He's got like two sons and so Batwing's Yeah, I didn't know he had this many kids. <laughs> um Batwing's brother basically is the new Batman. And I think that that's cool that you could say that there's a black Batman or whatever, but he's still Batman <laughs> at the end of the day, and for me, I don't think that I'm as interested in Batman just going around beating ass on a bunch of like, you know, bad guys or him getting shot somewhere and having to limp away and then needing help or whatever. I feel like I've seen that so much um, that the parts for me that would be interesting would be the Jace parts because there is a newer character and we finally get to see some stuff like that. But even the Jace parts in this book are not, it's not that interesting for me. Um, I wish that they could like, inject some life into it, which is wild to say this about uh john ridley considering yeah. such high praise that i give him on the right. DC other universe <laughs> and the way that he's able to like inject this really surreal kind of like humanity with those superheroes before but for yeah. this it this just feels like any like one of the mill superhero <laughs> yeah yeah anybody it's like any other batman story it didn't necessarily need to be jace this could have been anybody. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll just, I, I guess I'm kind of over, I guess I'm over the trope of it if it's not going to, the Batman quote unquote trope, if it's not going to be pushed further into something else. Now, what that is, child, I don't know. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I, I definitely don't think it's this. <laughs> for me anyway i just don't think i don't think that it's this just like i don't know i would expect something a little bit better for that i also feel like when you change a character like this when you make batman black but he still feels like batman it feels like what was the point <laughs> you know what i'm saying for me i feel like if you're gonna make him black then i want to see him be a black character then like i want to see more of that then this could just this could have very well just been bruce um now the outsiders issue portion of this book now okay. that was giving <laughs> that okay. that was that was it um and that was written by Brandon Thomas, 
uh, with art by Sumit Kumar. And I don't know why they didn't just give Brandon Thomas Green Lantern. If they were- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it. I personally feel like if they was going to give somebody Green Lantern, he right there. Like, why would you? What <laughs> 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 Are you not excited for Jeff Thorne? Absolutely not. Oh, wow. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. Now, because like this was, I mean, in this book, you really get into the head of Signal. And he's a character for me that always felt like the, the like, okay, we needed, we needed to have a diversity hire <laughs> is what he, I kind of felt like for Signal. Like they right. would never really gave him too much to do or made him that interesting he was just kind of always there as the the black understudy for uh for batman Batman. and for this book you really get into the head of signal you see where he feels as like a hero and a character and how he wants to pursue things against the magistrate and um and batman isn't even around so there isn't even like the the whole batman robin kind of feel from him you actually get to see who signal is as a character um, and I appreciate that. And um, the whole like uh, Black Lightning, he's like living lightning now because of some kind of issue that he had when he fought a magician and you see how magic always is doing stuff. Okay. <laughs> you see how you did. see, it's always ruining things. <laughs> Dang. Don't, you gotta know what you're getting into. Don't get ready. <laughs> exactly. That's why you just can't deal with magic all like that. Um, so he's like stuck at this as this like living lightning and katana. She had that amazing issue um in the last one where we really got to see yeah. the inside of her head. And uh with this issue, you see her and her and Signal kind of having like some kind of like not really a falling out really, but like some disagreements as far as like what the, what the plan should be. Um, and she's kind of like Katana kind of lashed out. But, you know, Signal at the end of the book was like, I totally understand, like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and the coordination that they had when they were fighting on that bridge, I thought was really cool because it really just shows that they have been like teammates, at least to like work together mm-hmm. and they know how to get things done. I really, I really liked this book. So I want to know where Brandon Thomas is going post <laughs> future yeah. state. Like if they've tried to, you know, lock him down for a book or something. So, okay. Oh wait, you know what? I just realized I was wrong. Brandon Thomas also wrote the future state Aquaman book. Brandon Easton oh, wow. wrote okay. the uh, the Mr. Miracle backup. Gotcha. I kept getting, okay. getting them confused. Like Brandon Easton, Brandon Thomas. So yeah, Brandon Thomas, Brandon Thomas is who I want to offer, man. So it, I oh, also... Okay. Saying, <laughs> you want to want to um, but you know, like I was a big fan of like the first Outsiders backup, and so like this one was no different. Sumit Kumar, his art is like fantastic. If like DC does not put him on another book post Future State, they are just as dumb as everybody keeps saying they are. And I want them to win, and he is how too. they'll the, he's how they'll win. Okay, like he just needs a good book that's not Batman related, please. <laughs> Although please, we don't need no more Batman. Though I'm not gonna lie, if he came back for Outsiders, I'd pick it up regardless. I actually like the Outsiders. Um, yeah, 
I agree with your like kind of analysis of Duke and the type of character he is. I do think that this is one of the best Duke showings I've ever seen or read about. It honestly made me like go back and like add some of his books to my reading list just so I can get a little bit more intense because I've also been kind of confused about like how his powers work and what was going on with that. Um, but I still liked it. He's cool. I don't really like that design. Oh, is it the yellow? Is it all I don't the yellow? Know, I, I think it's the helmet. You know, I usually love uh, a helmet. I was gonna say, yeah, you normally like. A, is it the uh, is it the ear I, things on the helmet? Does it like kind of look weird? Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I was like looking at some pictures of it last night. Um, just a couple different. It's just like something about it. It's just it's not doing it for me. Yeah, he doesn't wear it that often. It usually usually only when he's like riding that motor. Excuse me, finally that motorcycle or whatever. But I like that he was fighting with it off. A lot in this <laughs> yeah. one. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, and again, like his action scenes, like in this, again, Sumu Kumar, just fantastic art. Um, Brandon Thomas, like really made you care about these characters. Like, again, Brandon Thomas, let's get him on a few titles post Future State as well. Uh, it was just good. This is the, this Listen, is, I, he could totally take over Aquaman <laughs> and Green Lantern, you know, see in space. <laughs> you, need to, you, you need to accept that Jeff Thorne has Green Lantern. <laughs> but I will uh, I will definitely appreciate you continuing to push that Aquaman agenda. Oh, no. <laughs> I just want all my faith. <laughs> now, the final story in this book was the Arkham Knight story. And... Um, this was something I did. I didn't really. <laughs> I didn't like this. Yeah, I think. I, I don't know, uh, I, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have too many words for it, but I wasn't that into it. Um, I don't know if this was supposed to get me like excited, excited for the Guardian character, but no. Yeah, I don't know if they were. Are they doing a whole new Guardian? I don't know. I'm not here for going it. forward. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, the Arkham Knight issue was something that I wasn't really that into. I, yeah, no. <laughs> next. Yeah, next. Um, okay, so next up on the list is um, Star Wars: The High Republic number two. Now, uh, have you jumped in with me yet? In a Star Wars book. See, that's a no. <laughs> See, <laughs> it's um, it's... no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, okay, so this book was um, written by Kevin Scott with art by um, Ario and Indito, and so you follow along again. Now, Keith Trennis was the character in um. In the last issue who I said was she was a Jedi Padawan. She was going through her trials and like they, the trial ended up going terribly, but then that became a part of the trial. And like by the end of it, she became a Jedi Knight. Now I feel like, or at least I really hope that after this, this is only a mini. So this is uh, issue two of six. And I hope that we get an actual ongoing because this is already giving me the things that I kind of talked about with the Shang-Chi mini, where, mm -hmm. where the first issue I really liked, but then by the time we get to the second issue, I was like, well, damn, I feel like, <laughs> did I miss a bunch of stuff? <laughs> 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 like, what happened? Um, because in the last issue, um, it ended with something going on with her 
Jedi master named Skier. It's this like lizard looking guy. He's missing an arm. Um, but this book, you they're on a whole new mission, and there are these two weird little twins <laughs> who are um, their names are Tarek and Sarah, and their names are basically like anagrams of each other. Um, oh, where I think it's where I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's cute. Um, and they have a weird like kind of almost telepathic connection with each other. They're like a hive mind kind of. I'm um, like when one hurts, the other one feels it. So. Um, they are off on this mission and they have to go and check out a an old a citadel out in space that got like attacked. They by the time they get there, they're too late and like people have been are floating out in space and they've been killed. So they dock and go inside, but things start to go weird with Skier, and you start to see a little bit of his like his past. You find out that he lost his arm because of these like new villains called the uh the Nihil. and they are these new star wars villains because this again takes place when the jedi are first becoming a thing and like the, they're the first protectors of space they are the new guardians for the republic and uh new planets are actually joining the republic so it's this is everything is like new compared to what people may have been um aware about about star wars before um you find out that he lost his arm to one of these Nihao people. And then by the time they get on the ship, they learn that these people have also attacked and killed everyone on the ship. He started going crazy and like, <laughs> you know, freaking out because he's having flashbacks of when he had lost his arm, but he's supposed to be like the Jedi master and cool, calm and collected. Cause everybody with him are either knights. And I think the two twins are, I don't even know if they're knights yet. I think they're still Padawans. So mm-hmm. Things like that are going a little awry. By the time they are like searching the ship, they find a dead um, hut, like Jabba the Hut. I'm not I'm sure people know about the big, <laughs> you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but huts have never been in that area, that like sector of space before. So then they find out that he has been like illegally been transported, and um, they find out that he. I think that there are like barley remnants in in the area so they find out like okay well that doesn't make sense because barley shouldn't even be in the, in the sector of spice either so they track that to this planet and by the time they get onto this planet other things like go awry it's it's a really good book i mm-hmm. i really am enjoying everything that they're really building with these new characters and really fleshing out um, a different timeline in star wars what I hope for this is, and I think that there's an actual um, like novelization of the High Republic that came out that I probably need to read. Um, but I, what I hope though is we get an actual ongoing of the High Republic going forward because I think that you could really flesh out a lot of this. Um, I'm definitely going to stick with this mini, but I need more of it. But I don't think I'll get that until there's actually like an ongoing announced. Okay. I mean, I yeah. do love a citadel. It sounds interesting. It's it's cool. I'm really excited for what they're gonna do with all this, um, especially with this type of content and what they can take forward with it. So I'm definitely in. Now let's get to the next book, and that is Avengers number 42. Now, this one I did uh, not read. I've been, like I guess I haven't been in the Avengers, I think, since it's right, like this 13. Is, it doesn't even don't even waste it. This is like the dumbest book I've ever read in my entire life. Um, (laughs) it is just like it is just so stupid for no reason but it's like so entertaining (laughs) 
it's like, oh my oh, wow. gosh, like you have uh Namor and like Echo fighting underwater. You have like She-Hulk and Jane Valkyrie like in these big Phoenix outfits, like about to do battle. Like it's but it's just like it's so like what's happening and why it's happening is so stupid. And like I don't know what Jason Aaron's plan is with the Phoenix. So I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it. If I'm pretty sure everybody's either read it or like seen it already. But the Phoenix Force basically comes to Thor and reveals that she's his mom. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> So it's like, it's just like so stupid. It's like, and so it's kind of like raising the question of like, is the actual Phoenix Force the one who is Thor's mom or is the redhead who was in possession of the Phoenix Force Thor's mom? Because that would technically mean that Thor is like, his mom is a mutant. So he like, <laughs> because the redhead is supposed to be like some, you know, when Aaron did his like prehistoric Avengers thing, basically oh, yeah. the Phoenix Force I didn't read came, that. Yeah, I don't think many people did, but there was this Phoenix Force that came down and like went to this redheaded cave woman and her name was like Fire Hair or something like that because what else would it be? She's a cave woman. And right, right. she is a telepath and telekinetic. And <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever, she joins the prehistoric Avengers. Apparently, she slept with Odinson. Um, I mean, no, what's Thor's dad's name? Odin. His name is Odin because Thor's name is Odinson. Yes, she slept with Odin, and she is apparently Thor's mom. So, like, that's where the issue ends. It's like the stupidest thing in the world. Um, but it's just like, it's just entertaining to see like all these big fights and so there's like this panel, this is page, uh, a few pages of Shang-Chi and Captain America fighting. And like oh, Shang-Chi does this cool. like, it looks amazing. Javier um, Garan's art is like fantastic. The colors look stunning. He's like jumping at Captain America with like this big nunchuck move and there's like this giant firebird like surrounding him, swirling. It's just like, yeah, like watching that in animation or live action, you're going to jump out your seat. But to actually read it. <laughs> it's not so like, like to read it and like see the story that's going around. It's just like, this is so stupid. And it's like, it's also one of those things like, Aaron, what are you actually doing? Like, what is the point of this story? Is everything going to revert? Is this like a giant fever dream? Whatever. It looks good. Yeah. I wonder what is the purpose of all of this? Um, you know me, I've been more, more into like story than just big, uh, character yeah. power moments so um, that was big my big reason for kind of jumping out of avengers because it wasn't there wasn't much of a story <laughs> but i was hoping that it was all going to lead towards something but it seems like so far it's just been you know hit movie after hit movie it's a big blockbuster and um yeah, yeah i guess that's, that's wild that it's still that though isn't this like and you know, it's a little it's a little frustrating for me because so you know I'm like I've always said I'm a casual Thor fan. I was more right. fan of like Jane Thor than I was of Odinson. I really only liked him when he was um unworthy. But you know, I've recently come to Enchantress, come to love Enchantress. And yes. I've she's been definitely going, been risen on your list. <laughs> yeah. And I've been going back to read a lot more Thor stories because of that, obviously, because that's where she appears. And like I actually really like Thor. Like he's he's not a favorite for me, mm -hmm. but um I enjoy him enough that like I will read him. He tends to have like really consistently good runs, but I realize I really love Asgard. Like, ah, okay. You know, and so 
to know I love Asgard and to know like I'm like kind of attached to like Thor and his whole relationship with his mom because it's great. So now like you come and you tell me like this redhead, this random redhead is now his mother. Like for what? Like <laughs> this, this is going to become one of those retcons that people ignore. I feel like there are a few retcons that comic book fans like all collectively <laughs> just kind of ignore. Wolverine's hot claws. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think that everyone is just going to, you know, completely ignore it and can't keep yeah. moving. As far as we know, it's still uh, Lady Frigga. It's just, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. We'll see. I wonder how long, do you think he's going to get to like 100 issues or do you think that he will, they'll give Avengers to someone else at 50? Honestly, don't even know what the goal with this book is anymore. <laughs> I feel like other Avengers runs, you could at least kind of see the, yeah, the light at like, the end of the tunnel or whatever. And don't get me wrong, going. like even in the beginning, he's like dropped a lot of little plot points. Like there's the Star Brain baby. Um, he's got the stuff with Dracula and Blade going on in the background. There's been things with like uh, Man Thing. Um, oh, aren't you, aren't you like a big? Dracula and Vampire fan? That's I do. And, I, and that was actually like one of the first arcs of the book that I picked up was like the whole Dracula arc. It was amazing. Um, mm -hmm. And like he's tied in some other things here and there. So it kind of felt like, yes, it was a blockbuster, but it was still like all these kind of interconnecting stories. Whereas now it's just more like we're just doing stuff every week just to do it. Like the whole like Khonshu arc with Moon Knight. It was mm. just, and then we like just jump straight to the Phoenix. It's like, okay. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, okay. Is Moon Knight around? I know that you are also a Moon Knight fan too, right? No, he left. They oh, like okay. Black Panther. Black Panther asked him to join the team, but he was like, no, I don't want to be around you guys. Oh, so did he just bring him in just for like the Kanshu arc and then he left? Yep. That's exactly Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, cool. You know, I'm sure people are enjoying it. I'm sure that like, like you said, this is probably something that he is shooting for will be adapted into something and that's that's probably where the checks actually lie. Like, so <laughs> again, it's like really fun. Like I said, like when I when I read that Shang Chi and Captain America fight and like Shang Chi did that move, I, I screamed a little bit. I was like, God okay. damn, that looks good. <laughs> I love it. Um, speaking of Shang Chi, next book is The Legend of Shang Chi. This was uh, written by Alyssa Wong with art by Andy Tong and. I, okay, this is funny because literally last week when uh, the we movie series ended. <laughs> <laughs> um, the whole miniseries ended and I was like, oh, you know, I wish that he got an ongoing and I hope that it like gets fleshed out or whatever. And here we are. <laughs> and, we, and we, sure enough, the following week we get the whole ongoing and I enjoyed it. I thought that this was like a really fun um, opening issue. You know, I don't know too much about the whole um, like MI6 thing over um, over in London or England. Um, so I'm not really sure like how big of an impact that is supposed to have or especially with Shang-Chi. I don't know what his like long running history is with them. I know that in that mini series, he was also like connected to MI6 and had some missions there. So I'm assuming that's just been that maybe was his shield, you know, compared to the- Maybe. I'm not too familiar with it in a lot of Shang-Chi stuff. Yeah, um, but that's fine if that's like, you know, the agency or whatever that he's connected to. Um, but I like that he's been given this mission to kind of go and steal this 
this sword back called the um the equinox blade which i thought was a pretty cool name um so he has to go into this museum to get this sword back and who and who is already there but lady deathstrike okay, <laughs> which, the one and only. which i was not expecting that at all um i guess because you know, I just assume everybody is always on Krakoa, but that does make sense that no, <laughs> that they can do whatever they want to do now. <laughs> um, I thought that this Lady Deathstrike, this design for her, this kind of like updated design was really cool looking. Is Lady um, Deathstrike actually a mutant though? I think she's just a cyborg. Isn't she's she? just a cyborg, but I could have swore that she walked through a gate. Am I making that up? I could be making that up. I could be making it up. Don't clock me on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could definitely be making it up. And this, I thought she was supposed to be just a cyborg too. Um, um but for some reason, I'm I trying to think of like, I'm trying to think of we see her walk through a gate. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she I don't know why I thought that she like came through with somebody. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. But uh I thought it was cool to see her out there like in this new design and her like um, but still had the like vesty looking thing <laughs> that, that she always has on. That vest. that vest is iconic. You can't have yeah. that strike without the vest. You really can. I think that artists knew that when they designed her because they were like, you know, <laughs> we're just going to update it. Um, and she already has the sword and she is in here kicking ass. And I thought the whole fight scene between Lady Deathstrike and Shang-Chi was really cool because you got to really remember, for me anyway, just how great of a fighter Lady Deathstrike is supposed to be mm-hmm. um, and how quick she is. So I thought that this whole fight was cool. And, you know, when she actually did break out her Lady Deathstrike claws and stuff, I thought that was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I thought that the fight scenes was great. The art was fantastic. It was sometimes at moments giving me a little, um, a little Kasara in the way that the fight scenes and the way that the faces and kind of looked at times. I thought, mm-hmm. that, which is dope in my opinion because he's one of my favorite artists um uh yeah i like this i like this i'm definitely going to stick with it agreed i think like i said last week i realized i really like shang chi when he's fighting obviously i like i'm an action guy so this was right on my i really enjoy lady death strike i enjoy the reavers as a whole they're like some of my favorite villains that have come yeah i do like the reavers a lot um so yeah i enjoyed it i don't know if i'm stick with it fully but i know i'm at least try out the first arc okay that's fair uh, yeah, I definitely will stay with the first arc. You know me, I normally don't really like the street level characters. You know, I need a little bit more, a little more zip and zap. <laughs> um, you know, somebody needs to start floating. But uh, <laughs> but I'm going to try it out because I did like Lady Deathstrike in this. And I think that her versus Shang-Chi could be cool. And, you know, I feel like we need way more like Asian characters and stuff. So yeah, I'm definitely going to support this book. Uh, yeah, man. All right. So next up is King in Black Return of the Valkyries number two. Now, I know this was all you because you had both your girls in it, right? It was so <laughs> fun. Um, so it's a King in Black tie-in, which is, first of all, like King in Black has gone on entirely too long. I just feel like, why are we still here? Um let's leave but (laughs) (laughs) um with that being said the issue was basically um the first issue jane 
was kind of like taking Sentry to wherever he goes in the afterlife. And she comes across one of the Null Dragons. She frees a Valkyrie who was trapped by him. And now we see them like in Valhalla and she's kind of like reuniting with some of the other dead Valkyries and like living her But since we're going to go to Valhalla? I was kind of confused about that whole little part, but I just <laughs> like... Because <laughs> they didn't really specify. I don't specify. know if you deserve all of that. <laughs> they, they didn't really specify, but you know, it was just kind of like she was taking him to wherever. Um, okay. And so... Uh, I also think that I have... I didn't read this book, but I think that's a cool premise for the Valkyrie book to deal with the deaths that we have in Marvel, like them taking their souls to whatever. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. It was so like a big part of the Valkyrie series in the beginning was like, you know, Jane, she had been like slacking off from a doctor. So they put her in the morgue and um, she became Valkyrie. And so like, she was really just trying to prevent people from dying. Um, she could like, you know, see the death. It didn't really have anything. So seeing her like taking Sentry, it was like, oh yeah, that's definitely like super fun and interesting because you get A, to see her interact with a bunch of characters who she might not interact with before. And then you just get to see how some of these heroes like are actually handling the death because we know in comic book world, death is temporary. So it's like, exactly. how are they dealing with this process? And I, that's one of the things I think Krakoa does really well. It's, you know, like people having to deal with like the death and rebirth process. It's like, oh, okay, that's great. Um, this issue was great. We finally saw Danny. Speaking of Krakoa, uh, Danny Moonstar makes her grand appearance. She's like in New York fighting a Null Dragon by herself. Just, you know, hot girl shit. Like classic Danny Moonstar. Yeah. Um, you know, she talks about, we get like insight into like her powers. And, you know, she deals a lot with fear. And that's a big thing about like the Null stuff when it, consumes these people they're filled with like this emptiness this fear like loneliness and Danny's like you know I get all that and then you know she's also been a Valkyrie so it just kind of jumps back and forth between those two scenes at the end of the issue Danny is like still fighting this dragon and it kind of corners her off but Jane and Brunhild pop up to save her and then the issue ends with them about to fight the dragon together the new black Valkyrie has kind of like gone off on her own solo adventure to find her axe which is supposed to like oh cool i don't i don't know it's supposed to make her happy and <laughs> <laughs> and um so that's that um it looks beautiful it's interesting again like i'm a big jane fan i'm a big danny fan when jane was thor i wanted like danny to come in and be her valkyrie so finally kind of seeing these two together on panel oh nice like, yeah it was just like okay because like uh danny even like when jane comes down to danny Danny's like making this thing. She's like, oh my gosh, like it's you. You're the new Valkyrie. She's like, I always knew I'd see like one of you in the end to take me to my death. And Jane's like, no, not yet, sis. <laughs> she, she's like, you need to get up because this dragon is still here. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, so it was like a cute little moment with them. Um, it's just the Forest Mini. I'm excited to continue it. Now, do you like Danny as a Valkyrie? Like, do you think that she should be pulling a double duty? or go full time as a Valkyrie, as far as like her duties on Krakoa and- I do like Danny as a Valkyrie. However, I feel like if they want to like make her be a Valkyrie again, I feel like they should like go full force with it and like send her to Asgard. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like if they were to oh, make yeah. her a Valkyrie, like in, that's what I meant by double duty, um, where she is still, I guess, a part of Krakoa and everything that's going on there and helping out in New Mutants, but her actual, position is like she's a Valkyrie for real and like she's yeah no but this time she actually like you know has her powers instead of 
only the Valkyrie power. She also is a mutant, so she has her mutant abilities. Um, yeah, no, I would love that. I think a lot of people tend to bring the Valkyrie thing out for Danny because obviously it's like a very cool visual and it's like um, she looks good and she has that history, but it works for her again in her power. she's like but, a warrior. Yeah, she's a warrior. So, but again, like she's never really been like in Asgard fully. Well, the new mutants lived there for a little bit of time, but it's like you've yeah. never seen her like fully interacting. And again, now being into Asgard and like a lot of those characters who I really enjoy because they're all kind of stellar, it would be super interesting to see Danny interacting with these people, then also like bringing her own heritage in it and then the mutants. And so it's like, yeah, like Danny and Sif side by side. Oh, fighting. that would be cool. Yeah. Like, I'm here <laughs> for it. I ain't even allowed. That would be cool. I, <laughs> um, I, I like Asgard, but I haven't really read that much about the stuff up there. So um, it's so interesting. It gets destroyed all the time, but it's like so ooh, child, yes. It's it's like the X Mansion. Okay, <laughs> like, like literally a shield helicarrier or something. It's always getting destroyed. <laughs> okay, that's dope. I I may have to check it out. I do think I might like the whole premise of the Valkyries, especially if they ever do the whole like we're the ones who are taking the souls of the Marvel characters that have died. I think that would be a really cool premise. Um, so check that out. Um, all right. Next up is King and Black Marauders number one. This was written by Jerry Duggan and art by Luke Ross. I did read this because Iceman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I read it because of Bishop. Yes. Same. Yes. Love Bishop. Um, you know, Iceman is like top five for me. So I uh, was finally excited that he got to speak. <laughs> okay. Like, same. You know, um, this was a another King in Black tie-in, which whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> whatever, you know, uh, Null is taking over and you have Shadowcat on her little ship or whatever, and she's out on the Marauder anyway, trying to go and rescue Cyclops and Storm because they have both been taken over by the um, these Clintar symbiote things. Um, and part of the Krakoa mission is for them to bring them back. Now, I appreciated when this book kind of turned away from the King and Black stuff and then it became like its own mission about whatever kind of uh, boat that they kind of ran into. I I like when a book can be both a tie-in and still push whatever kind of narrative they have going forward. Um, yeah. So they are out being attacked by these um, venom dragon things, and you know uh, Shadowcat sends up Lockheed to to distract them and fight them, and her and uh, Pyro anyway to go out and attack and attack these monsters while they end up being the inter they intercept this radio call and find out that there's another ship that needs help and because it's being like it's gonna it's gonna sink um and of course they are they're still heroes or at least heroes yeah. at heart they're still at least good people so they want to go and stop even though their main mission is cyclops and storm which Bishop reminds them, you know, that's what we really came out here to do. But, mm -hmm. you know, and Shadowcat says, there's nobody I care about more than Storm. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you don't gotta, you don't gotta question if I'm, if I'm gonna go rescue Storm. Right. <laughs> um, but we still need to go and help out these, this ship that's being uh, attacked and is going to sink. So they like go over 
and help out the ship. They get all these people off, and then they finally, or I shouldn't say they, because it was Bishop who heard yeah. the Morse code and was like, now hold on a second. I think something else is going on on the ship. And they find out that there were these like human traffickers who were about to take all these people who were trying to get refuge from, they didn't really say where they were coming from, but they were trying to go to Canada. Um, but these like human traffickers were going to take them to whatever the hell is going on in New yeah. York. Um, I thought that that was a cool, um, an interesting way to kind of touch on that whole topic and really bring that kind of stuff up. And also at the same time, Iceman finally got to flex <laughs> with hey, his powers. <laughs> you know, um, that one ship was about to go under with the human traffickers. And, you know, he was like, no, hold on. <laughs> and yeah. literally raised the ship out of the ocean with his ice. I thought that was really cool. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed the issue. I enjoyed it a lot because I got to see Iceman and Bishop really flex and speak and got to show off their powers. The only reason I didn't really like the issue is because it was a a tie-in issue that wasn't even a part of the main book. So it's like, yes, I got to see them speak and you know interact and do something and show off a little bit more of their personality, but it was the side book. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it wasn't even something that's happening in the main thing. So I would like this same energy in the main Marauders book. Um, yeah, agreed. I definitely really enjoyed this issue. I love the interpersonal relationships that um, Jerry showed with like Bishop and Iceman and the tension that even Pyro and Bishop kind of had between each other. I thought that was interesting. I don't yeah. really like Pyro that much. But yeah. again, like, <laughs> but like, you know, I think that was part of the reason. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm taking right. Bishop on this argument that's going on right here. I also really liked the stuff about Bishop and kind of his secret relationships with Beast, furthering the narrative that Beast is kind of like an awful person. Um, Child, Beast is always <laughs> gonna like do something. He's it's like, he tell you to go do A, but he's like, well, what about B? <laughs> he's just like, no, no, he's actually like, I don't care about A, I'm doing B. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. um, so, so that was really nice. Agreed, I would love for some of this energy to come to the main title where he's kind of been focusing more on like the ladies and the Hellfire stuff. Um, but this was a nice little like turn from that. It was great to actually see Bishop be a captain and be tactical and like get some inner monologue from him. I also like the whole ending bit about them kind of offering refuge to those people who were about to be trafficked and like letting them stay on the little island with the Morlocks that they have them on. Yeah, I love that part because um, Shadowcat is like reaching out to Emma and she's like, you know, we got a problem. We saved all these humans, um, but we got to bring them somewhere and everything. And <laughs> Magneto, they were like, oh, she was like, oh, humans on the island. And Magneto was like, uh, humans on what island? <laughs> you know, this book like honestly had like genuinely a lot of funny moments because the whole scene where like Kitty is telling the people, she's like, we're going to take you to New Jersey. And the lady's like, no. And she's like, it's not that bad. And the lady's like, just no, not America. Like, not America. <laughs> and, they're like, and the people in the back, they're like, take us to Canada. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I genuinely was laughing for like a good 20 minutes at that. Yeah. I was like, this I book thought was that was actually great. really funny. And again, like this is, I would love that. That lady literally laugh. was like horrified. <laughs> <laughs> was like, girl, not, not America. Please. She was like, no. she was like we That's think you're going to take us to Canada. And she's like, they're taking us so like, don't leave us here. And they're like, no, um, that was great. Cause like mood, honestly, seriously, get me out I mean, of here. Actually. <laughs> come, come pick me up. <laughs> um, so that was fun. Um, and then just even the part with Magneto at the end, kind of talking to the lady who was a part of those people and just reminding them like Krakoa shows mercy. Like we are not some horrible people that they make us out to be like. Magneto really is one of my faves. I love him. He's really <laughs> the goat. Really um, so that was a good move. Like really enjoyed this issue, even if it like, like you said, I would love for some of this to translate over to the main book. I guess. Mm-hmm. This was probably one of my favorite Marauders issues in a really long time. And I wish that this kind of this kind of energy was kept on the other book as well. Because again, it's mostly just the Shadowcat and Emma book. And I don't really care too much about either of those characters. I would, <laughs> and so I'd rather have a little bit of there to be a little bit more like diversity or whatever. Amongst, as, amongst how much around. time everybody gets. Yeah, you know. There should be way more like balance with the group on like I honestly forgot uh not Bishop. I forgot Pyro was in the book until this uh tie-in. Me too. I was like, oh snap, I forgot he was even on this team. <laughs> <laughs> um and with with Storm going off and doing her own thing, I wonder if they're going to replace her on this team or just like give mm-hmm. other people more time to kind of shine. But we'll see. But we'll see. But speaking of the teams you know in team books and everybody getting some shine last book on the list is hellions number nine now uh did you read this i did this was uh written by zeb wells and art by uh steven segovia which i great talent i really love yeah like i don't think i've ever read any book that he's drawn that i didn't enjoy yeah this was really really great stuff i um I really enjoyed the way that he draws the like more sinister moments. And I'm not sure if he was also doing the inks or whatever, but the way that the shadows and stuff would would show on the faces whenever someone was kind of being really no pun intended sinister. I <laughs> I was trying to see I was like, I feel it coming. <laughs> I was trying not to do it. <laughs> I was like, I feel I'm trying not to say it, but it's coming. <laughs> I know I was trying not to say it, but um I think that that was really dope. Uh, the entire intro with Sinister and Mastermind kind of sitting and having tea, I thought was really funny. I yeah. really enjoy um, Zeb's, like, of a Sinister voice. I think that it's Yeah, fantastic. he definitely writes a really good Sinister for me. I love that. Yeah, I think he does, like, I think, I, I think he does all the villains, actually, like, really, really well. Yeah, he does. I think he has a really good way of mixing whatever kind of humor that villain has, like their version of that humor with the seriousness of it because they are still a villain. Um, Mm. And I do think that Sinister is like, you know, a sassy little bitch, but he's also Sinister. So, (laughs) you know. A little bit like myself. (laughs) I know, we love you. (laughs) Um, So like they're sitting and having tea and stuff and I wonder what even made Sinister even want to drink the tea. Cause like you had to have known. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so, but that like, that's what the main thing about Sinister is just like, he knows. He's right. just going to let you think he doesn't know. 
But right. Like you think you're playing him, but he's actually playing you. <laughs> he, he's been playing you. I feel like he probably wanted himself to get like captured and taken to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the villain that they had at the end of this. Um, so we see all that. Then we get this really weird thing with Nanny. She's like been updated because of dying in other world. Um, so has Orphan Maker. He's got a whole new suit. He's like bigger or whatever now. Um, I have no idea what's going on there. I don't know if they're going to come to like butt heads or something or if Orphan Maker is going to. the like dynamics of that relationship and kind of like seeing how it changes. And like now he's like, don't call me Peter, I'm Pete. And right, because like, like, that's so much better. <laughs> right, and um, Nanny kind of like seeing that indignation and just being like, "Oh, maybe it's fine. I got another baby over here now." Anyway, um, so that was I. I like Nanny. This is fun. Yeah, Nanny's fun. I I think everyone in this book, as far as the roster goes, is fine. I like all of. I don't love any of these characters, but I like mm-hmm. all of them enough. And the writing is really well, but that's why this really well done. And that is why this book is like one of my favorites because it's really making me care about characters I would have never have like been that into. Um, I think it does a really good job also at kind of showing that like this therapy rehabilitation thing that they're doing is actually working a little bit because even mm-hmm. though they don't care about Sinister as they showed when Sage is like one of your <laughs> own is missing and they just laughed her out. <laughs> um, like one of our own child. <laughs> yeah, like nobody care about him. Um, care. <laughs> but it's like throughout all of that, they're all also kind of bonding together and like trying to make themselves a little bit better, which is like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's nice. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I... I think I've been enjoying what Empath has been doing and how whatever kind of story he's telling there with his powers and how he's affecting people's emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, Havoc finally being addressed with his, you know, interest in destruction, (laughs) which makes sense Mm -hmm. because his powers are so volatile um, and so like destructive. And I think he likes it, but doesn't want to admit that he likes it because his brother is Cyclops. (laughs) So he can't really be the, the destructive person who likes to get shit done as Empath brought up. Um, how do you feel about uh Conan on this book, Psylocke? Do you think that she is getting any kind of like justice in this series, or do you think that she is just they just keeping her because of the the suit, the recognizable costume? She's cool. I think she's getting um I think she feels like her own character for sure. Yeah. Um and again, I, I think I've said this before, but like Segovia draws her in a way where like she feels like a different version of Psylocke despite technically being the same version exactly um it which again I don't know if it makes sense to everybody it makes sense to me it's like but I don't feel like I'm reading Betsy as Psylocke I feel like I'm reading Kanan as Psylocke which is I I agree it does feel a lot more like her as her own character which is fine um you know, so we'll I guess we'll see more of her as the as the ninja. I thought the entire mastermind mission thing at the end was really that cool. That was really you good. Know? Really well done. Uh mastermind really well piece done. Of crap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got a personal thing against him. Uh, he is absolutely. <laughs> he's got he's got he's got some great kids. Some great kids. Um, but he yeah, is awful at <laughs> And I appreciate it like him being shown like not only to be like just a piece of crap but it's like he is a dangerous piece of crap mm-hmm. um so it's like you really gotta watch him for that that was great and then that reveal at the end 
That Ooh. other guy. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna I wonder if he's going to put them in something similar that he put like Storm and all them in back in the day. Um yeah, that would be really cool. I wonder if yeah. I wonder if someone outside of his team is going to have to come in and rescue them. You know, I w- that is one thing I would say. You know, again, I think that the whole premise of this book of it kind of being like therapy, quote unquote, um, is really cool. And I would love to see a couple of other former villains that are on Krakoa, like cycle in and out of this book. You know, and especially um, it doesn't have to be everybody, but like every once in a while, throw somebody else and maybe have like a backup team. There's so many characters that you can kind of do that with that have had these issues. I was like tweeting about it the other day. I think about like Sienna Blaze, who has this power. I was going to ask, who would you like like to see? Like Sienna Blaze, she kind of has this power where she like destroys the ecosystem, but like she doesn't care about that. And it's like she's a little bit of a maniac. Um, You have characters like Necro who like are fueled by rage and like these angry people fantasia who was like one of my like favorite acolytes um yes because, yeah you know <laughs> kind of like in her relationship with like magneto and all that stuff in her power you know it's just you could go on and on like hey you could grab any of the acolytes honestly um yeah just, you really could <laughs> like they're just an interesting group in general okay. but again like there's just a lot of like people who are now on krakoa who i'm pretty sure you want to see it's like you once constantly fought these people. And while I do understand this whole promise of the mutant nation and this togetherness is appealing, but how are you actually interacting with all of these people who you've constantly fought and like had this grudge against for so long? Yeah, yeah. I I think there probably might be a new team that comes in soon to kind of help and rescue this team if they aren't able to break themselves out of whatever whatever mess they didn't got themselves in. At that no, I get it, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I was like, I guess we got to make sure that these characters actually like heal, that the like program quote unquote works first before we can bring some exactly. more in. So like, I understand it's just me, like personally, I just, you know, I got specific taste. Yeah, same. If you, what was your book of the week? Ooh, mm, that's a good question, actually. I actually think my book of the week was aliens yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think that was my book of the week too yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it just Um, it was just it was good it was good and again i like a lot of stuff you know we're like dealing with future state which is like actually no that's a lie the outsiders backup was my favorite Thing of really? The week. Okay. Yeah. okay <laughs> that was definitely my favorite thing of the week. It's not like a book; it's a backup. But like that was definitely it for me. Okay, I think mine is still Hellions. I actually really liked uh, the book. So, um, let's take a break, and then we will come back for the panel. All right, we are back. Yes, now, yes. this is a very special panel for me today. It is February, and it is a very important month. And do you know why? Black history. Oh, that's actually a good idea. Yeah, you know. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It is Black History Month. Yes, it that is. is a, that's a good answer. Yes. Write that down. We, we're going to do something for Black History Month. Um, but no, I was talking about Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, love. Yes. <laughs> love. Love. Um, love. 
you know, I love love. And so I wanted to, you know, it's around the corner, people are getting ready for that. You know, we've been having a lot of quarantine babies popping up and stuff going mm -hmm. on. So I just kind of wanted to sit and talk about that today in relationships in the Marvel and DC universe. All right, this will be an interesting topic. <laughs> so first of all, like just to start in the question, how do you feel about relationships and comics in general? Are you a fan? Are you against? Do you hate? Do you love? What's up? So, you know, um, for this panel, when I was looking up how and like what I wanted to do and like who I wanted to talk about is <laughs> in relationships, I like was doing research and stuff and there's a lot of them I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, it took what? me a while to come up with a lot of relationships that I actually do like, <laughs> but there were a lot of them that I did not really care for. Um, okay. Or at least were like kind of apathetic for. Okay, well, let's do a top five. Yes. Of who you like. Yeah, so, I mean, but okay, so, but like overall, I do like relationships. You know, I'm super corny. <laughs> like, okay. I love love. I love um, all that corny shit that come with that. Like, um, you know, I, I, I act like a thug. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, but really, I'm corny. <laughs> um, but, and but for real, I think that like in comic books, there have been some relationships that I think have been great and others to me that have just yeah. been like such staples that they haven't really done a lot with them. Um, and, you know, you and I have talked about this before, and I'm sure uh, people have heard me talk about this on the podcast. But when it comes to relationships, you just showing the characters together isn't enough for me. Um okay. You know, if you just have them on a panel holding hands or they kissing or whatever, um, that's great. But yeah. I think in order for me to really get into the relationship, then I need to actually see the relationship if you're going to mm -hmm. make it a big part of the character and like their whole, you know, background or whatever, or mm -hmm. part of their story. If a part of their story is the relationship, then show me their relationship. Um, okay. So, but a lot of them don't <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's funny that you say that um i actually had the opposite problem i had oh, like, really? trouble okay. narrowing down to like a final five because i realized that there were a lot of relationships that i did like however i did notice that a lot of the relationships on my list that i enjoy it was very dc heavy oh wow and okay mine were more marvel heavy <laughs> <laughs> see and so you know that's interesting especially with DC, it tends to kind of like keep their characters in their same little like relationship pocket. So it's like the relationships that I like in DC, where you say is you want them worked on and you want to see it. That's all you ever do with those characters. Cause like, they're not with anybody else. So it's like, when you see them going through relationship issues, it's with that person. Um, so with that, let's get into it. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll do a little back and forth. So um, okay, who's, your num who's your number five? Okay. So, um, you know what? I didn't necessarily put these in any kind of order per se. Okay. Um, but I will save one for last though. So um, okay. I'll just say one couple um, like romantic relationship that I actually really do enjoy is um, Philavel and Moondragon. I think okay, that they one. are, I think that they are really um, complimentary couple to each other. Not to say that every couple has to be, you know, the night and day thing and they are opposites, yeah. the whole opposites track thing. But I think that they really like 
support each other <laughs> and yeah. and lo- and love each other. I think that uh, they are, and not only are they both like great together, they're great separately as well. They're mm-hmm. both, you know, intimidating badass bitches on their own, right. <laughs> and <laughs> they don't they don't need their relationship to uplift each other. Um, but they really really care about each other and um you and whenever they're kind of shown together you they really feel it and when they were really kind of starting to get together during the whole annihilation era of marvel comics they felt like this really less organic couple you know these two girls they just happen to fall in love with each other okay um how about you let me give me another couple i love that i love that you started with with the lgbtq IA plus because oh. <clears throat> mine are Midnighter and Apollo. Oh, okay. Wow. So they are on my list yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Mid- Midnight and Apollo, uh, if anybody's never read Warren Ellis's Authority or Steve Orlando's Midnighter series or his Midnight and Apollo miniseries, I highly recommend you go pick them up. They're really great. They kind of have a similar thing dynamic to what you were saying with Phil and Moondragon where they're great together, but they're also really great separately. I think Orlando's series really highlighted that, that it shows Midnight and Apollo are kind of like destined to be together. They both know it. They're going to, it's nobody else, but at the same time, they are still able to kind of go and do their own thing. I love that. Like, I thought that miniseries was really, really good. Yeah, and like they can go be separate for a little bit and like they know they need their time apart, but they both know who you coming home to. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who you gonna end up with at the end of the day. So they're really great and it's consistent. Like, and the way they respect and treat each other, it is just dope. They got married. It's it's fantastic. I love them. I love them. Um, They were the next couple I was actually gonna bring up when we got back to me. So I will pretty much echo all of your sentiments about them. I love... Um, Midnighter and Apollo, and between the two of them, I like Apollo more than Midnighter. Um, see, I like. Uh, see, I was about to say, you know, I'm a big Midnighter fan. Anyway. Like Midnighter's one of, of my course. favorite characters. I mean, are we really surprised between the two of us? <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. I like Apollo uh, more than Midnighter. I think that he's really dope character. Um, I I wish that we got to see more of them because, kind of like what you say, that they are kind of always destined to be together. Um, I wish that we got to see more of them and more of their relationship and stuff. I don't know if there's any kind of like legal issues with them on like rights and stuff. I know that they were, like you said, a part of the authority, um, but that's now all a part of DC. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, they had like a, Warren Ellis did like another little Wildstorm series um, that had kind of all of those authority characters, but Midnight and Apollo were actually reimagined, so they were like black guys in this universe. Well, oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Midnighter was black. Um, Apollo was brown. Like I, I can't guarantee okay. that he was black, but he was definitely a brown guy. Um, but Midnighter was black, so that was pretty cool. And I was like, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but and you know, in the main universe, there is the Midnighter like backup that's happening for Future State. So right. I. I don't really know what's going on, but like I'm always typically into Midnighter stuff. He's another character who generally gets like a really good series. I lo- like that's my zone, so I'm here for. It. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I like Apollo. Apollo is pretty much gay Wonder Man. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> so I really like I really like him. Um, I do wish that we get to see a little bit more of them in the main like DC universe, but they are one of my uh, on my list as well. So you tell me another one of your couples. 
So this, one, I don't think this is going to be surprising anybody, but it's Aquaman and Mera. Oh, really? Okay. I thought you would have saved them for last. I figured they were your like. No. So my thing with Aquaman and Mera is like, they are great together, um, but they're another. And again, you'll kind of see this. You kind of get this with a lot of DC heroes. Like they're always together. So it's like, you kind of see them working through the problems. I think for them, they're just consistent. I like mm-hmm. them together, but at the same time, I know it's always going to happen. It's always going to be there, so I can kind of put them down a little bit lower on the list. Yeah, and uh, they don't really fight a lot. There has been times where like Aquaman has been dated like another woman, or Mara's like obviously oh. had to marry somebody else. Yeah, it's actually like this um, one run. I can't remember the writer, but it was like back I want to say in like the early '90s, and Aquaman is dating like this reporter woman. And Mara finds out and she's like, my husband is like dating another woman. And he's like, Mara, like you kicked me out of Atlantis and told everyone you were going to kill me and you exiled oh, me. Wow. It's just, he's like, I don't know what was I supposed to do. Not him with a human. Like, and she was just like, you were going to wait, like get over it. Um, <laughs> so uh, they're always fun together. So they were on my list. Okay. Okay. I do like them together. I Kind of like what you said. They are also one of those characters that um have been kind of like you always know that they're going to be together so um i think but do you do you consider like their relationship a big part of their characters or like their story or is that just absolutely okay especially like later on i mean no it's always kind of been there like arthur and mayor have always been like this unit and it's very much he said I don't want to do this without Mare. Or like, and I think a lot of people tend to forget because of the whole Atlantean thing, but like Arthur did not grow up in Atlantis. He grew up in a very small town in a lighthouse. Like his dream is to be kicked up on the couch with his wife doing absolutely nothing, but like probably sitting in the lighthouse or building some houses. And so like Mara has gotten to a point where Arthur is her one true love. She don't want to do anything without him either. Like that, and that's why. <laughs> and so that's why I kind of say. If if Aquaman comes back post Future State, I would really kind of love for them to finally get that time and just be like off and chilling and just like enjoying themselves because they always have to deal with that's a big part of the relationship. Like they always have to deal with people trying to like tear them apart, whether it be for like the monarchy or he's got to go do super heroics. Like they never get that time to just be together, and that's what they're kind of always fighting for. Oh, interesting. I've always wondered if they were like those characters that no matter what, they're always going to be together and it was important that that was a, a part of their like story or whatever, but it seems like it's more of an addition to them than anything else. Yeah. But, but you know that they're going to be. It's like, all, it, it's like even in the most recent run um, that Abner and Kelly Sue were doing, it was kind of at first Arthur had to do all this stuff with Atlantis, but then finally he didn't have to be King anymore. But so him and Mary could be together, but then they worked it out. So Mara actually had to be the queen of Atlantis. And it was like, she couldn't be with Arthur. She was the queen. So it's kind of like, they got to deal with the whole like duty versus love and how do okay. we make this work? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, um, I do think they're an iconic couple um, for sure. Who you um, okay. So my next couple is actually a villain couple. Okay. Um, and it is um, Titania and Absorbing Man. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I've i always been a kind of a side Titania fan. Um, one, right. of the, one of the early comic books that I had read after getting into the X-Men and stuff was Secret Wars. That's what my dad put me onto when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11, I don't know, <laughs> a kid. And... Um, <laughs> And I loved Titania and Volcana in that series. Um, they basically got their powers while they were on 
um, battle world or whatever. And that's how they got their abilities. And I've always thought Titania was cool because she was this like super strong woman, but like strong enough to take on She-Hulk. <laughs> you, know, so you know, she tussles with my girl. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. Her and She-Hulk go at it. <laughs> um, and they've been going at it since Secret Wars. <laughs> like, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's consistent. Um, yeah. Um, and I think I think She-Hulk probably hates that there's someone as strong as as she is. And Titania just likes to cause mess. But mm-hmm. um, I remember when they first started, her and Absorbing Man started to get together. I had never really thought about like villain couples like that, I guess, because you always, yeah. mostly they, they tend to focus on the heroes. But the way that they support each other <laughs> is so dope <laughs> to me. You know, for me in, a, in these relationships, like I said, like if you're going to make that a part of their stories, then make that a part of their stories and actually show it. And you see Absorbing Man, like, long for Titania when they're yeah. separate from each other. Or, you know, he's always talking about how he wants to support her in whatever kind of things she wants to do. Now, these things are like Robin Banks <laughs> and, right. you know, other kind of villainous stuff. But um, I think that's really dope. And I remember, like, he died, but, like, I think Observing Man is technically kind of immortal, kind of, because he can change mm-hmm. into anything. Um, but he died, and at his funeral, he had, like, uh, um, Titania made sure that like some heroes that actually kind of respected him or that he respected were mm-hmm. showed up to his funeral, which I thought was really oh, wow. cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, I think that they really like, they ride for each other. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I appreciate that in, in a couple where it's like, okay, it's you and, uh, it's you and I together and we gonna have each other's backs. Um, and that's actually a good segue into who is next on my couple list. And that's Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. Who are very similar. another couple, yes, yes. Like, <laughs> they are like the they're like the hero version of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it was so interesting that everything that you were saying. I was like, oh, this is Miracle and Barda, like for sure. Um, and I, I everybody I think most people know I'm a huge Barda fan. Like, that is my girl. Like, I'm so down for her character, and their relationship is so fun. I think I like a lot of comics that tend to show slice of life stuff and like mix it in with super heroics and the justice league uh international series that keith giffen uh dematis and kevin mcguire all worked on together that showed a lot of miracle and barter stuff kind of like mixing their home life with the super heroics and i just loved it it is like classic classic comic books for me and it is one of the things that definitely cemented them as my relationship i also love that miracles always had this respect for barter knowing that not only yeah. is she more powerful than him <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> and that he could i'll never forget like during one of the series um barda's like talking to miracle on the phone she's talking to scott and she's talking about how somebody tried to rob her and he's like oh my god barda he's like is the guy okay <laughs> and, she's just like, and she's like yeah she's like he didn't she's like he had a knife but it's fine um and she like picks him up and throws him over her arm and like takes him to bed and all this stuff like they're just a really good couple i love them yeah they are a lot of fun i love the whole like how much bigger <laughs> she is to yeah. him and you he know, loves he, it he loves it <laughs> you know i get it trust me i get it um and uh, i love i love their whole dynamic and how much Mm. she will not let you talk about her man her little man (laughs) okay Okay. and she's got she's got the power to put you in her place so um 
I think the Mr. Miracle series that um Tom King did had some good Barbara Scott stuff too. I think that I need to read that. It was good. good. I feel like he's been doing a lot of those really fun, like uh, short stories or like 12 issue books for characters um, that I really need to get around and and read in. Okay, so my next couple, um, I wonder if it's going to shock you. And because they are street heroes. Okay, you love the street um, heroes. We gonna stop. Th- <laughs> There's a couple of them I like, um, and like <laughs> this this particular couple are like two of the characters I like, but I really like them together. Okay. And that is uh, Black Widow and Winter Soldier. I think that oh, they are okay. a wow. really dope couple. Um, you know, she, Winter Soldier was actually the one who trained um, Natasha while she was in the Red Room. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was actually involved in all that kind of stuff. He was uh, mm-hmm. back then and involved in, you know, training her and getting her in the red room and, and teaching her how to kill. And when he was unthawed, I guess you could say, or like when he was like back in the present day or whatever, she was the one who kind of brought him back to his senses. She kind of, they both really get the whole, we were made into these things, but we yeah. want to be better than that. And but we don't forget the training that we have, you know, <laughs> and I've, I've always liked the two of them together because they're the kind of couple that they will be out on a mission and they both come home, you know, bloodied and bruised and <laughs> they're stitching each other up before they, you know, say, I love so you. Romantic. <laughs> you know, there's nothing more romantic than removing a bullet from your lover. <laughs> OK. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really do like like them. I think that they were the best probably in that the, that Brubaker run when um oh, Stella highly recommend it. If you have never read Brubaker's Captain America, you need to go pick yeah. it up right now, especially if you have Marvel Unlimited, go ahead go download that, go read. For sure. Um I wish that their relationship would have lasted. I feel like um unfortunately there was a time when they tried to basically pair Black Widow up with every male Avenger, every yeah. like male street level Avenger, uh, whether it was Captain America or Hawkeye or whatever. And I feel like that none of those ever really stuck. And because yeah. every writer just wanted to put the two things together, sometimes I feel like they fall into a trope. And by they, I mean, some of the writers, they fall into a trope of, okay, well, this is the street level hero. Then this other street level hero, there'll be a couple. And yeah. I would rather them take more of a natural kind of progression with things. And for me, it just made sense that Winter Soldier and Black Widow would be together. <laughs> they're like right. the same, they're the same age. They both were involved in the Red Room stuff. And like they've they're both these mind wiped, you know, uh super soldiers, basically. She's mm-hmm. had yeah. a, a super soldier serum. He has had some some version of it. I feel like they make a great couple, you know? They're definitely fun. I like them together. Um and I like how they kind of consistently bounce off of each other when they have a solo series of some sort like you know you're gonna see one of them pop up in some way yeah i agree i i like you said with one of them popping up i do really like what was going on in, in the current black widow run mm-hmm. um hawkeye and winter soldier were both there because they yeah. both felt like they needed to come out and help natasha but the way that hawkeye responded to the to Black Widow being captured and the way Winter Soldier responded to her being captured. Completely different. Completely different. And Winter Soldier, you know, was like, Hawkeye, calm down, like, shut up. <laughs> he fully 
knows that Natasha is capable, you know, mm-hmm. and and I've always thought that um, when it comes to these relationships and dynamics, there needs to be some kind of balance in in power that they both have and yeah. there's and a respect that they both have for each other mm-hmm. um, instead of there just being lust or whatever kind of you know I think of like you know it's um if I had to compare obviously they're not in a relationship but like I think of like Mad Max Fury Road and like the relationship that Max had with Furiosa where yeah. he knew she was just as capable as him I always think of that scene where um they're in like the bog and the people are coming to get them and he's trying to shoot out the headlight but he like can't do it. And she's like, you got like, what? she's like, you got like one bullet left. And so he still can't do it. And so she takes the gun and she's just like hand it to me. And he just gives it to her no problem because he knows, hey, she can get it done. And that's how I think of Black Widow and Winter Soldier. A lot yeah, of respect. Exactly. It's Winter Soldier would not be worried about her out on the field. If anything, he's hoping that when he falls, she's going to be there to like right. kind of catch him and help, and help him out. I think that they both have a... a a deep respect for each other and they both kick ass. So <laughs> I like I like the two of them together. I think you might be annoyed by my next one. Oh Lord. Oh <laughs> hmm. I wonder who this could be. Um Scott and Emma. Oh my. Really? Yeah. <laughs> really? I love wow. Scott and Emma together. Like, Gross. I, I <laughs> love it. Like, I just Gross. feel like they really bring out the best in each other, you know? And I feel like... I, I don't she, know. <laughs> I feel like she sees him for, like, who he really is, and he sees her for who she really is, and they're just like, yeah, I love that. And it's mm. just like... Mm. It does nothing for me. They are just <laughs> so good together. Like I think about, you know, I think about the relationship through Whedon's astonishing. Um, I think about that moment and like Regenesis that they had. I do think Emma kind of like you could say it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Um, I don't <laughs> <laughs> I love Scott and Emma. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I love Scott well, and Emma. I personally feel like in that relationship, I don't really like the two of them together because, and that's actually one of my like don't like relationships that we probably were gonna get to. <laughs> Only because um it feels a little forced. Like the whole you are my my right, my like rival's boyfriend, and now I'm dating you feels like okay. Now what? And like I said, I'm not the biggest Emma fan, so I I don't necessarily know. But for me, it always felt like she got the short end of the stick because once they became a couple, she kind of became like Cyclops' girlfriend instead of being Emma Frost. You know so that mean? did happen with her. But I feel like a lot of writers also made a, a Matt Fraction probably will probably be the biggest one that jumps to mind is to make sure that you knew that she was still Emma Frost despite being Cyclops' girlfriend. And they would have like certain things, you know, to kind of reaffirm that she was the white queen. I like Scott and Emma a lot because I feel like, like I said, they kind of bring out the best in each other and they really see each other for who they are. I think about even after Jean first died during the Morrison run and again, Emma was kind of, they were like making out on Jean's grave 
and talking about like just live and like finally be free and like be open stop being like the repressed like man that you were with that woman um i just think they're cool they're hot i'm into that's something that's for sure <laughs> you know? I, I um i feel like they are the i see what people mean by like they bring out the best in each other i necessarily wouldn't use the word best um i think that they <laughs> i think that they just see each other fully for what they are not what they want the other person to be um which is actually why scott and gene aren't on my list personally i um i think that scott and gene are better together than scott and emma because <laughs> while scott is with emma who is he always still thinking about <laughs> so, like, so that is one thing i will say that i hate i do hate that they always gotta like remind you like okay there's miss gray the martyr like she's still around um mm -hmm. it's just but i also don't like gene with cyclops like i would i feel like a lot of gene's stories especially like in her relationships they kind of center around her being like the middle piece of cyclops and wolverine and having to do all that and i know a lot of people were excited when they like finally showed gene and wolverine like shacking up in x-force but again it just kind of felt like how you said it with like emma um it's like oh you're just like my rival's girlfriend and it's just like eh i would love to see gene go out and like find somebody else if she's going to be in a relationship like see who else she can be without these two men who we've always known her with who have my these thing, two idolized versions of her my thing with gene has always been or gene and her relationship with scott has been i like her with scott more than scott and emma but i'd rather her be with somebody else however mm -hmm. i've i've recently had a real talk with myself on how i actually feel about mm -hmm. gene gray <laughs> so and we'll have to get we'll have we'll have to get into that um in a, on a different day <laughs> but um i think that her relationship with cyclops is something that is i think always going to be there kind of how we've been talking about some of these other characters before with like aquaman and mara and um you know uh any of these characters like a midnight or an apollo i feel like yeah. at the end of the day it's always going to be scott and gene like <laughs> they always gonna end up going back together but for me the reason why they aren't on my list of relationships that i actually do like it's because we never really get to see the relationship so because yeah just because they are together that's kind of where the story stops and i don't think that that's enough for me like okay okay they're together great they're the high school couple who are still together and they always come back to each other but what does that mean especially with everything that's happened between them you know um madeline and wolverine mm -hmm. and emma and all these other things that have gone on within their relationship i feel like that's a dog yeah yeah <laughs> and, and, Jane, and gene is the dummy that stay but, but but i feel like they never dive into the like actual relationship they just oh okay gene and scott are back together and yeah everyone just kind of has to like just the story moves forward but if you're going to make their relationship such a big portion of who each character is i'd rather you actually then dive in to the relationship and we actually see how it grows how it doesn't grow or whatever you know that's just for me and i feel like we never even really got to see that with scott and emma it was mostly them just like being badass and the opposites of each other and then being like oh my god you get me but like i think what? i think we actually saw a little bit of it 
I think we saw the majority of, no, I'm not going to say the majority of, I think we saw some of it in Whedon's Astonishing. Like, I think about the time where they were kind of like in the, when Scott first revealed to Emma that he was like in love with her. And then after AVX, when they thought, was that AVX? Excuse me, Dark Rain. Oh yeah, they she thought, had like the thing in her head the, or something? The dark, no, that was IVX. <laughs> no, didn't she have like a dark void or something in her head that she like- Oh, after like the century thing? Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that happened. There was a lot this going on in there. <laughs> this is what I was talking about when she had the dark X-Men and they thought like she betrayed yeah. the team. And she was like a like, part of the cabal or whatever, right? Yeah, but like then it came to show that like her and Scott had actually like talked about this and worked it out. And like, it was just like an open conversation. I like them again. Who, who else do you like? you know it's not too many of them that i actually do like Um, okay okay, so my last one my the actual couple that i do like i think it's gonna annoy you (laughs) i don't care (laughs) (laughs) and it is um susan storm and reed richards oh i absolutely how because they have everything that I just talked about as far as relationships go um, and their relationship actually being shown and what they go through. Um, they like hate each other though. No, they have a deep like love for each other. I know you don't read Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they've been caught up in a trope of, um, I feel like they're, you know how we've talked about nostalgia and stuff before where things yeah. get caught in a loop. Their loop has always been, okay, well, we know that he's really smart and can be neglectful of her, neglectful of her, and she is the housewife or whatever, and she's um, wanting to spend mm-hmm. time with her husband. But the entire like um, Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway era, where they were mm-hmm. actually like going through things, and you see their relationship grow, and you see him, and you see Reed taking <laughs> Sue out on dates, and him being like, mm-hmm. no. I don't have time to do X, Y, and Z. I'm actually going to go hang out with my wife or whatever. And, or you see them having fights on what to do with their children because they Mm -hmm. have different views as far as them being explorers, but them also being parents. The thing with them is when they debuted, they were already together. So we didn't Mm -hmm. see the, um, the courtship that they could have had or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, They're introduced already as, uh, like a long-term couple, like they've already been together or whatever. I think actually they first were introduced as fiancés. I think they were already like oh, okay. engaged. Um, and then they got married much later. But um, yeah, for me, their relationship is great because it's not, it's not cliche and <laughs> this yeah. cookie cutter thing of, oh my gosh, we were, we were together when we were, you know, in our 20s and now we've got kids and we've just happy peace or whatever, you see that they are both individual people. Um, Sue Storm is extremely like um, ab- about whatever she wants to do. <laughs> no one can really stop her on what she wants to do. Uh, <laughs> if she wants to do it, she's going to go do it, um, you know. And I think people talk about the neglect and stuff from Reed Richards that she may have experienced, but say, no one ever, time I've ever read anything with them, they're fighting. No one ever talks about the fact that she like divorced him <laughs> and like she <laughs> and like she left. Like she, there were a time. This was around the time when uh, I think it was actually before Franklin was born. Um, 
and he was being like neglectful and not really paying too much attention to her. Actually, no, I take that back. Franklin was around um, and he wasn't paying too much attention to her. He was focusing too much. And when they were out on missions, Reed would also treat her like the mother of his child instead of his peer. And, mm. you know, he would like jump in front of stuff to stop her from getting blasted or, you know, whenever there was something that they all had to do, he would say, you know, uh, Sue, can you like be on, on watch duty or something or whatever? Like you don't have yeah. to get into this. And she was like, no, I can do, I'm the most powerful <laughs> member of this team. <laughs> I can take care of myself. And she, I feel like in previous or more, I should say more current runs where they kind of tap into that whole uh, like nostalgia trope for them, they would show something like that and then she wouldn't be able to show her side of it and how she feels. It would just be, okay, well, she got over it by the end of the issue because, oh my gosh, they love each other and that's it. But during these, that early, those 70s and 80s kind of runs, she yeah. was like, no, you know, the iconic she era. left him, the, the iconic era. <laughs> she left him, she, um, you know, hit up her side piece name more. <laughs> and hey, you know, side piece. I think so. <laughs> and stayed over there for a little bit. And uh, while she kind of figured out her hell, her own headspace. And I remember reading that and thinking, damn, um, this is probably going to fix by the end of the issue. Like, she's probably going right. to be like, oh, you know, I, I miss you or whatever. I come back. But that lasted for like <laughs> a while. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there wasn't like, I think in the book, like several months had went by, <laughs> like Christmas oh, wow. and all that and all that stuff had kind of gone by. And um, I was like, uh, wow, they are actually like really showing their the trials and tribulations of their relationship. And so for me, when it comes to comic book relationships that I actually love, I appreciate the ones like that, that show me mm -hmm. what it is. Because in a relationship is two people who are completely two separate people Right. becoming a unit together that's not yeah. always going to work <laughs> and okay. that's not always going to be something that you know everybody gets along and it's all a rainbows and sunshine sometimes yeah. there are problems you know sometimes you don't end up being together anymore or you know mm -hmm. or, or sometimes you work through it but i'd rather you actually show me how y'all work through it okay i can respect that yeah um my my number one is a newer one that I've more recently recent uh, realized about, and it's Blue Marvel and Spectrum. You know, I, they also almost made my list, but I it's... felt fake added them to it because I hadn't, I haven't finished Ultimates yet. Um, but I feel it's like that's quality. a couple I should stay in. I feel like that's it something I should stay in. Absolutely quality, and you know, and I yeah. and I go back and I go back and read a lot of my E Wing comics a lot, and I think about the Mighty Avengers issue uh, right before the worlds were colliding and like time mm -hmm. runs out and all that stuff. And it's Blue Marvel and Monica kind of like laying into Black Panther and Reed Richards about like the Illuminati and like all the secret stuff they've been doing and like how they're kind of the cause of this. And like, you know, it's Black Panther Reed and they're being like, we don't care. Like we did this for a reason. And they're just like, okay. And when we're gonna do this for a reason, but just know that once we're done, like we're still coming back to this. Um, and they're just both two very strong personalities. They work very well off each other. Their powers are interesting. They work well together as we show. The powers the do work well together. Yeah. We saw a lot of that in the ultimates of them combining their stuff. And um, Blue Marvel, I think is a character who can kind of tend to isolate himself from the people around him. And Monica is just so like straightforward and like cut through. And mm -hmm. she's like, no, 
what's going on? You talk about this or like, I feel like you're doing this. Um, and it just feels very real and authentic. And even the way they've like- That's how together. Sue is with Reed. It's like, yeah. hey- I think I said I, it to you once. I was like, it's the Reed and Sue that you want to read about. <laughs> <laughs> they are very much similar in that. And like, it's the very uber smart guy. Yeah. Um, and the girl who is like, just as smart but they are actually real <laughs> so uh -huh. like you know they're like way more down to earth and it's like no let's cut off cut the shit like what is really going yeah. on here exactly um and so yeah i just really love them and i think a lot of what you were saying like you saw with the um reed and sue back in the day i would love to see like more monica and blue marvel kind of like going on some dates and like doing some things that have fun because you know he got kids so it's like he needs to get out of power see and i think that 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 would be a relationship worth exploring you know and and yeah. not just them being this like oh you just put the black characters together and exactly. you know let's let's plaster them together everywhere and show that look at this like black couple i think that you could show them having some weight to their relationship or whatever you know like you just said he got kids so like i don't think that we've ever really seen a couple yeah. where you know someone is dating someone who already got kids and like that whole dynamic yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's like their mom is dead so it's like how are they going to feel about monica and like you know coming in with the dad especially the, the dad they already don't have like the greatest relationship with exactly and you know i think that there is a lot that could be explored there um because there's there could be a whole you know is he into her or does he want to study her because of her yeah. abilities you know or you know uh does she like him or is she just like, you know, looking for, for right. somebody that's super powerful, a good time. So I think that they could really have a lot of weight to it. They, like I said, they almost yeah. made my list because I think, I think that that's a couple I would actually really, really love. <laughs> I just haven't, I haven't gotten around to reading, um, the oh, finishing the ultimates yet. I would really love someone like, again, I, I know E-Wing like secretly they both need a solo. that Blue Marvel book. And like, yeah. if he gets it, he's he he got to add Monica in there. And I know a lot of Monica definitely could do some fun in the book too. Mm -hmm. I think that, and you know what? She's also like kind of immortal in a way. Like, can she really die? Because she's energy, and he can yeah, live for a long time. I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like maybe immortal is not the right word, but like, um, I I feel like that could actually be a a great couple. Nice pick. What's a, um What's it like to date you, Elsie? to date me yeah. <laughs> oh man um i don't know i laugh a lot <laughs> <laughs> um i am very very i guess easygoing and super chill like i am not about like being stressed out about something and i okay. don't want whoever i'm dating to be stressed out about something like i i'm super mellow about whatever oh, um yeah i don't take things too seriously um like you know as comic book fans we can't ever really take anything too yeah. seriously it's, <laughs> it, it just like comes a part of like the genre it's, it's like who am i like you're gonna get a little bit of corniness from me absolutely mm. like i read superheroes and capes running around fighting dragons yeah, exactly <laughs> and i love it <laughs> okay <laughs> so yeah i don't know dating me i think i'm fun i think all right i don't know i'm you chill. Are fun. i'll give you <laughs> Um, you know, um, mm. I love this. I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> That's an exclusive. You heard it here first. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> so on the flip side of some of your favorites, who are those, who is the ones that you like, don't really like, or have just not 
tickled your. I mean, obviously, you said a lot didn't tickle your fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so, who, who, I guess like your, your top three that you kind of like roll your eyes at when you sing. Okay. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Top three that I really roll my eyes at. I think I would have to say. Scott and Emma aren't ones that I really roll my eyes at as much as I just don't. I don't think they're going to work. Yeah, I I feel like Emma would work better with Namor. <laughs> or uh, because I think that that would be a, like a power couple kind of thing. I think that would be dope to see. Um, you know, um, hmm. Because I feel like there's a lot of them that I actually just don't care for, maybe, or <laughs> or just I guess maybe dis dislike might be the wrong word. Or, but there's a lot so. of them. I guess. Oh, maybe. you know what? Um, Hulkling and Wicker. Oh yeah, definitely. They're not. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Hulkling. Hulkling and Wiccan is one that like they do nothing for me because it is like bad. It is just like it's true. There's no like, weight to just, it. They were just the two gay kids in high school. They were the only yeah. two gay kids in their high school and they got together and they stayed together. And um, it's like, and I've, again, I've gone back and I've been reading a lot of Ewing books and, you know, he did a new Avengers run that had Hulkling and Wiccan in it. Um, and it was one, and then I went back and I also read this Death's Head mini that Teeny wrote. And mm-hmm. it made me realize that in a lot of the stories with Wiccan and Hulkling, it's constantly like Wiccan trying to do something to help people, of course. Um, where he's using his power to try and make find a way to make things better. And like Hulkling is just like chastising him for it. It's a lot of Hulkling constantly telling him like, just don't do this. Like don't do it. Holding him like, back. Yeah. Yeah. Holding him back. It's never like, a, okay, well, let's try to embrace this and figure out a different way for you to do it. Or like, let's find a way for you to have control. It's basically like, just cut yourself off from this completely. It's even a part in like um, the Death's Head mini where Kate Bishop's also in it. And so like, Kate and Hulkling are fighting these like things that make you see your biggest fear and Hulkling's this Wiccan <laughs> and it's just like oh wow what wow. why are you afraid of your man <laughs> yeah and like even Kate says it like Hulkling um makes a mention he's like can you promise not to like tell Billy what you just saw she's like oh what that he's your biggest fear that you're scared of him and it's just like no like this is awful like this is like it's like it's uh, it's, it's a little emotionally abusive Cause yeah, you know, a little, a lot. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, Wiccan like is a character again that has kind of like anxiety and depression, and he deals with these things. So it's like we see him dealing with the motions of that, and a lot of that obviously revolves around Teddy because that's the relationship he's in, and kind of feeling like he's not good enough for Teddy, or he's always going to do something wrong about it. And it's kind of like Teddy almost reinforcing it a yeah. little bit. And so it's, I, I would just really love for them to be separate, but I know that they are the couple that Marvel, they're like a Reed and Sue at this point. I mean, I, even though you said like Sue, like divorced Reed or whatever, that's not going to happen for them. They're going to be together for a See, while. See, that's why I wouldn't even say that they're like a Reed and Sue. They're more like a, <laughs> I don't even know. Because for me, they, they don't have any kind of weight to their, their relationship. They're and at least, Yeah, they're literally a Wiccan Hulk. <laughs> 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 they are a Wiccan um, Hulkling. And I feel like, the one time I actually started to see a little bit of their relationship that maybe I might have liked was when um, Loki kind of shook the table in yeah. Avengers Volume 2, Young Avengers Volume 2, and he came to Hulkling and was like, you know, how do you know that your reality warping boyfriend isn't changing you into liking him, you know? Mm-hmm, and I thought that that could have been something that they could have really explored out of like, you know, are you really doing this? Am I really in love with you? Or did you make me fall in love with you? Um, 
you know, and I thought that that could have been something that they really tapped in. Maybe sometimes he actually did erase his memories or something. Kind of like, do you remember in, um, I don't know, do you watch Young Justice? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you remember when they oh, had with the Superboy uh, and Miss Martian? And Miss Martian, and it was like they have why they broke up because like she tried to change his memories and stuff. I think that yeah. they could have done something like that with them. And so actually just, did it instead of just like posing the question and then it's like, no, of course I love you. It's like, no, exactly. like I actually have him do it. Yeah. <laughs> like give me something. Cause this this is um, just giving me yeah. a gay. It's couple. again, it's it's part of my reason why, you know, I know everyone has their opinions on whether or not Speed and Wiccan are mutants and whether or not they should be on Krakoa, but I would really love for Wiccan to be a mutant and be like on Krakoa and like adding that layer to his character to kind of like find an agency of himself that does not involve Hulk, that does not involve impressing Hulk. Thing. Or just being gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the couple that you uh, aren't the biggest fan of? So I'm not a fan of Storm and Black Panther. Oh, that was my I, next one. Okay, have, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. uh, so I have come to appreciate the relationship more for what it is. I think ever, especially ever since Coates came over and took over um, Black Panther, he's kind of added the weight to the relationship that I don't think it ever had. I think obviously when Storm and Black Panther were put together, it was very much, these are just our two prominent Black characters. Yes. They're both from Africa we're going to put them together. And yes. the relationship was kind of nothing more than that. I think Coates has added to it and how they interact. However, I think he's kind of reaffirmed that it's almost like a toxic relationship. <laughs> yes. Because I mean, weren't there moments of Storm being like, you know, uh, coming to like his ex and being like, you know, I know that you were there, but like, um, he's always going to come back to me or something. Yeah, <laughs> have a, it's, it's, a very like woman to woman conversation or some shit. It's, it's very toxic. It's very much like, I'll never forget. There was this one page of uh, one of the issues where Storm basically is telling T'Challa, she's like, you always lie to me. You always manipulate me. You're like this horrible person, blah, blah, blah. She's like, but I'm always going to be here by your side. And it's like, girl, what? Girl, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Absolutely big, not for a man. <laughs> no. Right? And a big part, and, and so that's a big thing about this relationship for me. It's like, I feel like Storm's character is diminished so much. And, you know, you can always kind of make the argument that, like, she loves this guy and, like, she kind of, like, does whatever because he changes her. But it's just like, when I think of Storm as a character, she is like this woman who thought she was a goddess. You are never going to see her kind of lower herself, no matter who that man is, no matter what he does. And for Black Panther, she kind of gets into this role of like, she's the girlfriend. And it's like, even when she is shown with these great moments of like power, or she's like uh, crowned the Hadari Yao, who's like supposed to be a real goddess, it's always more so in service to helping Black Panther or in helping him as the man. And like, it has to, re and it's just like, no, it's just like, that's not how it should be. I think about um, Peter Milligan when he was writing the X-Men, there was like an issue where they crossed over with Black Panther and she gets a call that the team needs her help. And Black Panther's like, no, tell them you're with me. Tell them we're doing this, this and that, da, 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 da. And she just looks at him. She's like, I'm on my way. <laughs> um, and, she leaves. and so I think of T'Challa and T'Challa is a man who should never want Storm to diminish herself. Or like exactly. put herself as about like he should recognize that like she is above me and like that is absolutely okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I agree, and I just don't think that that relationship will ever have that type of dynamic. 
Yeah, I saw that one art thing that somebody drew of um, Black Panther and Storm as uh, Barack and Michelle at the most recent inauguration. And I was like, this does not work on so many levels. <laughs> you know what's crazy? And you know what's crazy? I knew that was going to happen. When that picture like dropped on the net, I was looking at it. I was like, somebody's going to make this into Black Panther and Storm. And then and there sure was. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, there was. And it didn't work on so many levels because, A, they aren't together anymore. And uh, I guess maybe sometimes working on their relationship. I don't really know where the Black Panther, when the Black Panther stuff is like happening. Because that storm is in it, but like I don't know, she's also on Krakoa. I don't know what's happening there. But um, for for me and their relationship, it's always felt like Storm is taking the back seat. And when has Michelle Obama ever gonna take the back seat? (laughs) Damn man, never. (laughs) And I feel like if that is the relationship, how their relationship should be um, being presented, you know, um, I would never. I would never understand trying to like diminish. Michelle's Michelle. star. <laughs> I was about to say, like, it should be a known fact that it's like you might like T'Challa, but you love Storm. Exactly. <laughs> and or or even if it's a thing where it's like even with Barack, you know, some people got issues with Barack. It's like even if you don't like Barack, you still love, love Storm. Storm. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean Michelle. I mean Michelle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you still love her. Like you were excited to see her. It's like you see, you kind of look at her and you like, why are you bringing your husband around? Right. And um it Listen, never. Um, a child of <laughs> destiny once said, "Ladies, leave your man at home." <laughs> okay. All right. And so, um, and with Black Panther and Storm, it always feels opposite. It always feels like T'Challa is bringing her. Yeah, yeah. And Storm is entirely too powerful in every sense of the word for her to be trying to take a back seat to anybody. Yeah. So I feel like the reason I never really liked that relationship was because it always felt like the forced black relationship they were putting together because they wanted to plaster that everywhere um yeah instead of actually showing them have being something you know mm-hmm. if they would have presented it more like black panther wanted to like uplift storm instead of him just wanting to be with a queen quote unquote mm-hmm. um i probably would have been a little bit more into it but i don't know it's mm-hmm. it was never really given all of that <laughs> so i wish that they were more for me, it all comes down to being a partnership. Doesn't feel like a partnership. Um, it feels like Storm is being <laughs> given the short end of the stick. Okay, and she does not deserve that. No. Okay. Well, then, well, since we had that one matched up, then what was like your other one? Oh, my last one. Um, Star Lord and Kate. Price. Oh yeah, I don't even. Hate I don't it. even think that happened. Hate, <laughs> hate it. I ignored that. Jason Quill did not deserve that. And I'm upset that it went to print like that. Didn't they get engaged too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't even say that happens. Yeah. There's Mm. a lot of relationships like that. Like I wish or pretend didn't happen. Like Human Torch and Elijah. Like that thing. (laughs) That's stupid. Let's just pretend that never even happened. Um, Even currently, or at least last, I haven't been really on the Fantastic Four in a while. He was with this... um, this like woman from another planet or whatever and like that isn't working i feel like they just there are a lot of relationships out yeah. there in comics that just for me i ignore <laughs> i wasn't into the whole happen. um i wasn't into hawkeye spider woman either oh yeah no no question for you though dc side starfire and nightwing or nightwing and batgirl oh starfire for sure 
Yeah. Like, I do not get dick babs at all. Like, I just do not see it whatsoever. When I when I think about, like, Nightwing and a woman, I think about Nightwing and Starfire. Like, yeah. that is yeah. just... But, but again, like, I'm a huge, like, new Teen Titans fan, so I've, like, read all that stuff with, like, their story and their history, and I just think of the way that their relationship was navigated. It will never have the same level... Um, I mean, dick babs will never have the same level of depth as that. Like, mm-hmm. Nightwing and Starfire are, like, it for me. Oh, they actually should have probably made my favorite list. <laughs> yeah, they're dope. They almost uh, made they almost yeah. made mine. The only reason I didn't put them on my list was because, um, I actually think I like Star for it by herself. <laughs> like because mm-hmm. I don't their relationship as like you just said. Like they have a great dynamic and they like were on that team together and did all that stuff. Um, and they have history. I don't think that their relationship would ever last. Think um, so. Yeah, I don't. I feel like eventually, well, eventually, A, she'd outlive him because she's an alien. Sure. Um, and then I feel like her duties, not even necessarily her duties, her her like history of being a Tamaranian and everything, I feel like mm-hmm. would call her out away from him for a long time. I don't know. I just never thought, I thought that their relationship was great, but I never really knew if they would like last and become like a long lasting couple. So, and the way I've always seen it is that Starfire is like a character who is so full of passion and love that no matter what, she would find a way to be with him. And she would be so happy just being content with him. Like, if they just wanted to, like, go off somewhere and, like, sit around and do nothing, she'd be good. Yeah, yeah I agree. She, again, because she loves him, I think that they really do have a deep, a deep connection and a deep real bond with each other. Um, I don't know. I just always felt like she would like I was outlive him or something about their relationship would not have it like really go all the way to the end. I also love the um, alternate reality kids that they tend to get with like the orange design with the black hair. It's like it always looks good. (laughs) Yeah, their alternate reality (laughs) kids are always cute. They have all of so many of these couples do have like alternate reality like mm-hmm. children and relationships and stuff like that so that's interesting um are there any couples or like relationships in like comics that you can think of that were like short or happened that you'd like to see back or that you were kind of a fan of even though you'll probably never see it again? um not necessarily but i do have a couple that i would like to see together Okay. I, don't know if that's kind of, I don't know if that's kind of the same kind of thing. They haven't yeah. been together yet, but um, I would, I think that there could be something there. And that is um, Polaris and Exodus. Okay. When I can see when, that. I can see that. Yeah. You know, I feel like there can actually be like a legitimate story there. When Exodus first premiered, um, I mean, debuted, he debuted in X Factor and he was basically going around collecting acolytes and about to like basically start his whole that whole thing with acolytes and Magneto. Yeah. Um, but when he debuted in X Factor, I forget the number. Um, he appeared in front of the X Factor team, which was Polaris, Havoc, um, Strong Guy, um, Wolfsbane, and Multiple Man. And mm-hmm. Polaris was using her powers to steer the ship like it wasn't working anymore. So she like lifted it and was driving it with her powers. And all of a sudden he just appeared in front of them and he stood there as if he wanted to say something, but then he flew away. And the next time Mm -hmm. you saw him was in um, the next X-Men book, which was, I think it was X-Force. 
And then he went back and went to that team and came and tried to recruit um, uh, Skids and Fire Fist. Was that his name? Uh, oh, Rusty. Yeah. Rusty. Yeah. And the rest of that team. So I've always felt like, what was he going to go do? <laughs> they, they've never come back and like touched on this. Um, I would have loved for it to be a thing of like, you know, he was going to try to recruit Polaris. But he, because of her dad being Magneto, but he didn't want her to get involved in all this stuff because he like cared about her or something or like, I don't know, saw something in her because he can read her mind. Um, I also think that their dynamic would be interesting because it would give some kind of weight to their relationship because does, we would start to see them start to date each other. And then the questions would start to come up of, does she like exodus or does she have daddy issues <laughs> and you're Ooh. just into the younger version of your dad <laughs> you know okay. what i mean like this Wake is just <laughs> this is just a younger version of your dad um because he has the same kind of ideals as magneto as far as his pro mutant stuff um yeah, I can see that. and you know does exodus like lorna or is he um just likes the daughter of like his idol <laughs> you know what i mean like mm, yeah you know, so I think that there could be some really cool dynamics shown there. So I can definitely see that. I would I say Polaris that. and Lorna is a couple that I would like to see kind of grow into something. Okay. What about you? I can't really think of anyone who I'd like to be together right now. Um, I would love. So I have a couple that I like kind of love that I'll probably never see again. Um, one was Scott, Cyclops and Colleen Wing. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. Oh like, yeah, they like dated in the seventies for a little bit after Gene kind of like died. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think it was like just so. I really loved it just because like it showed the interconnectivity of the Marvel universe. Like yeah. they would show Colleen and Scott like on dates, and they'd run into Spider Man or something like that. Um, there was a lot of that stuff back then. I think about it. like you had the issues where like Storm went to go visit like where her dad was from, and she ran in the Luke Cage and Misty Knight yeah, and stuff like cool. that. Um, but Scott and Colleen was just like a fun little fling. They were, they had a good time together. And I just always think it's so interesting that in the relationship, there was an issue where he like took her to the train station and she gave him a gift and it was a key to her apartment. And she was like, stop by whenever you want. And then we like never saw them together again. Because probably Gene was back or something. <laughs> yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure like Gene came back, but it's also just like so hilarious to me. How that, like Scott just be loving and leaving these women, all right? He is a dog. Listen, you he know, the, the girls be liking Scott. There must has to be something about Slim that they be liking. Because mm-hmm. I remember yeah, Betsy tried. She she, she wanted a taste. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't think about that. <laughs> um, I also really enjoy Sam and Misty. Yeah, they Falcon were and Misty Knight. That was like a really interesting, and it was just a fun take on both of them. Um, one that I, so I like the idea of it. I didn't like it when it happened. Is Moon Knight and Echo? Obviously, like those are two oh, of my favorite characters. Okay. And yeah. Bendis kind of made them a thing during his run, but it was also like the Bendis Moon Knight run, which is not good at all. But like, I would love to see that like <laughs> in a different writer's hands because I think that would be pretty interesting. That's an interesting couple. I never, I didn't know that they were ever to. A, an item um yeah it, it was cool it, it, I, I wouldn't recommend that run to anyone um but yeah they were they, they were they were bumping it okay okay i can get into that i would love to see the two of them kind of get a little bit more i'm sure 
once we get closer to um what was she didn't they just announce echo was going to be in she-hulk right or she's going to be in hawkeye oh hawkeye that's right yeah so i'm sure once we get closer to that they might start to use her in the comics yeah. a little bit more and um, moon knight too because i'm sure his stuff is coming too oh yeah right, the mcu's got some good stuff cooking <laughs> they got all my faves coming. I'm so excited. I'm yeah, they've got some really good stuff coming. Well, that was I just want to talk about, you know, love. Valentine's Day, like I said, is coming up. Yes. You know, you guys, please tweet us and let us know some of your favorite relationships. You know, who you like, why you like them. If you also are Schema or Gene. What do they call it? What do they call it? Uh, Jot. Jot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if you have... If you agree with me and Reed and Sue, <laughs> or you know, if, and how you feel about that, tweet me your stuff. I'm always loved hearing people's opinions on it. So, All right, yeah. Cool. Um, let's go ahead. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back for the relaunch. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. We are back for another relaunch. Everyone's favorite yes. part of the show. Everybody's I feel like we haven't done part. this in a while. It's been a minute. You know, we've like, been covering a lot of stuff. So the show is called another relaunch. So let's get right. <laughs> <laughs> let's get back um, into it. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Mine is kind of short. Okay, go ahead. Go first. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I'll go. Um, so my relaunch of the week is a character who we haven't seen in a long time. She was destroyed a while ago, so um, I would like to see her brought back. And that is Danger. So- Oh, okay. I know people remember um, with the X-Men and about Danger, but for the people who don't, Danger is basically the Danger Room, like brought to life and basically becoming an android. Um, The Danger Room was the X-Men's like practice room where they would, you know, learn how to use their powers and abilities while they were back in New York. And when it was upgraded and no longer, you know, just like (laughs) buzzsaws coming out of the room and, and all this other kind of like really corny stuff, it was upgraded with Shi'ar tech. And I think beast also upgraded it. Um, And later it became sentient and uh, was able to basically build itself a body. It became an android and they would use danger to practice again with their powers but then she actually became a full-fledged member of the team um so what i would do with danger and the way i would bring her back is we had heard mention about the whole um bishop um and his uh his war college i would have danger as like his assistant or like the assistant principal Mm, to his principal of the war college yeah and she would be the one kind of really helping assist with the the courses or whatever kind of um by courses i mean like actual like physical courses that they got to run through and all that kind of stuff she, she um, loves beating up mutants exactly um and that they would have to like kind of fight her um so eventually you could tell that hickman is going to be reintroducing technology at some point because of all of the stuff that went on in Hoxpox with mm-hmm. you know the Nim- nimrod and the sentinels and all that kind of stuff whenever that kind of stuff gets re-injected into Krakoa, I would love for uh, Danger to come back at some in some capacity and be a part of the War College with Bishop. And she's like, you know, training all of the new X-Men and, and any of the 
X squads, the new mutants, any, everybody, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I think that would be dope to see her come back around. That would be really interesting. I actually really like Danger a lot. I think about the Whedon run. I enjoyed her in that. I enjoyed her in that um, all new X Factor run, Servo Industries. Yeah, she that was, was really fun. That was by Pad. That was fun. She uh, dated what well, she was trying to sleep with Cypher. She did sleep with Cypher during that run. So that was, and like Warlock was in love with her. She's a fun character. I'm down for yeah. that for sure. I would even wake up, as speaking of, you know, we talked about love. I would even wake up, you know, that relationship with, okay. with, War, with Warlock and Danger. Um, obviously there's going to be something that's going on with Warlock as we've mm-hmm. seen with Cypher yeah. and something sinister is going on there. But yeah, I would wake up that relationship a little bit. I think Danger would be a, a really fun addition back to the Krakoa. Agreed. Yeah, so that's my relaunch of the week. It's Danger coming back and, you know, teaching the girls on Krakoa how to use the powers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love that. All right, so... um. My re- my relaunch could be long. I'll try and keep it short. You know how okay. I get sometimes. I'll be rambling a little bit. <laughs> um, but this is a relaunch. It's actually kind of like one that's like super special to me. I was doing a little bit of reading and some rereading. And I decided I finally wanted to go ahead and talk about She-Hulk. Oh, okay. We going there. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All um, right. So I think everybody knows who She-Hulk is. You know, you might not know know, the entire story. So, of course, like She-Hulk is Bruce Banner's cousin. Bruce Banner is the Hulk. And, you know, he was going to visit her one day. And she is a lawyer. And she is in the middle of, like, helping take down some crime crime mob boss. And so while her and Bruce are, like, walking together, his goons come and shoot her. So Bruce has to give her an emergency blood transfusion, which therein grants her the ability to turn into She-Hulk. Now, her first run written by David Anthony Kraft and Mike Vosberg wasn't anything spectacular for the character, to be perfectly honest. It was basically 25 issues of Jen running around being Hulk Jr. Um, She's like (laughs) smashing cars, like she's like, oh, I'm She-Hulk, blah, blah, blah. That series ended. Then in 1989, we got the second series, which was the sensational She-Hulk written by John Byrne. And this was a complete... That's like an iconic run, I know that. Yeah, like it was, it's like the right, it's actually probably what the um, show is going to be based off of is what sure. I, it's going to have like some elements of that for absolutely. And, you know, it's really iconic for the fact that uh, Byrne kind of like writes and draws a lot of it himself. And also She-Hulk breaks the fourth wall. And this series was like ahead of its time in the sense that a lot of the female characters that had been around were just female derivatives of the male. And obviously She-Hulk is no different. She is She-Hulk. Um, and this is the one that kind of finally made it so she was cemented into her own character. She was this woman who was just in complete control of her life. And whereas you had so many characters who, like the Hulk, when they had these other forms, they were like so upset by it. They were drawn into like depression and rage. She-Hulk like, Jen loved being She-Hulk. She stayed in that green form. Like she felt confident in it. She embraced it. She actually wanted to be that more than Jen. Sometimes you would actually have to get like a story of her having to reaffirm that she did love herself as Jen Walters just as much as she did as She-Hulk. Um, and it's just it's just like, it's funny. It's like very slice of life. You also get to deal with her kind of looking at a female character and just saying, Again, like she's just empowering herself. You have, we, I think we talked about when we talk about love, you have characters 
who get into these like relationships and they tend to turn into like just the girlfriend. She Hulk yeah. was the flip side of that, where it's like she is very sex positive. Like my doll has sex all the time. <laughs> yes. Like it's actually like her big thing is that like she like enjoys sex, she sleeps around and she does it and she does all the things that the male characters do. Um you go on, she has like a couple of more great runs. Pat writes her for a little bit. It's honestly not that great. Uh, um, Burn comes back. Dan Slott also has a pretty iconic run of She-Hulk where he kind of has her being a lawyer for superhuman law. And he introduces a lot of new supporting characters for her. Um, she breaks the fourth wall in a different type of way in that run. So like in that series, basically there's an archive of like Marvel comics that have She-Hulk's adventures in it. And so like, you can like, she can like call back to like different things that have happened. So she'll like send some guy, she's like, oh, go dig in the archives. And he'll like, oh, well in this issue, this, this, and this person happened and did this. And so this is how we should try and handle it here. So that was really fun also. Um, Charles Sewell writes a run. I honestly didn't care too much for the art. It was by Javier Polito. He like the eyes were kind of weird, but that one was interesting in the fact that he kept the humor that She-Hulk has come to be known for. And he's actually a lawyer. So like Yeah, I like I liked that. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of the cases she dealt with, like it was it felt very real. Um then Civil War II happened. You know, that was I know. for a lot. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> your girl was um, your girl was on my girl's side, championing her. <laughs> you, know, you know, that wasn't really great for her. Um, she almost gets which she basically does get killed, she comes back and you know, we kind of deal with this series of her now as the Hulk. And it's a very different gen than we're used to. It's one who's a lot more insecure and she's kind of like dealing with these feelings. And don't get me wrong, like Jen's actually dealt with like insecurity a lot in her previous runs, even though a lot of them, like I said, she's very fun. She's very confident on herself, but you kind of got to go back to like her as Jen Walters. And then like you have the people in her life who always are seeing her as She-Hulk, but like there's a part, um, there's an issue with her dad and her dad is like, I miss my daughter. He's like, She-Hulk is great. She-Hulk is like strong. She's fantastic. He's like, but I miss Jennifer. Um, but she was actually like stuck in the form at that time. So it didn't matter. And- Oh, that's touching. Yeah, it, it's, it's like really like heartwarming moments like that. And again, that's why I'm like very excited for the series and for them to say it's like a sitcom. You know how um, WandaVision has been playing like kind of like the sitcoms of like the past? Yeah. I feel like She-Hulk could give off that vibe of like a um 90s early 2000s type of sitcom like mm. that's what the series would give and that could be fun maybe i don't yeah. know i hope um and so you know in that series she kind of like goes through these insecurities and this depression and like she's gray but she gets back to a decent point and then we get aaron's avengers which is like no and i honestly think that's what like sent me on this rant that I was like, I need to do my relaunch for She-Hulk because again, I was just reading the Avengers and like, there's this ridiculous Phoenix story going on. And I'm like, yeah. why is one of my favorite characters stuck in this and nowhere else? Like, at least with Thor, you still got like a Thor solo book. So it's like, if you don't like him in Avengers, you could just go read that. It's like, there's nowhere else for me to do She-Hulk. Um, <laughs> I wonder if that She-Hulk show is going to give like Ally McBeal. I was thinking that. <laughs> you know that would be really cute that would be fun um okay. so you know with all that in mind it made me think i would really love a new she-hulk series 
And I yes. would like to play on a lot of the elements that she's had from, you know, being that confident woman, her breaking the fourth wall, her being this uh, just like character who's kind of very open with her life that everybody kind of knows about. I think almost everyone knows that I love reality TV. Um, love some good trash TV. And so for this series, I would have like a production company basically approaching Jen to have a reality series of her dealing with like superhuman law and following her life. And her confessionals would actually be how she broke the fourth wall. So we like get these uh -huh. little moments of her. Um, and then we'd have her supporting cast who would also have like their own confessional moments, but they, would, they wouldn't necessarily break the fourth wall. It would just be like, obviously to give like their point of view on whatever's going on. But you have this like a uh, reality series of Jennifer. So you still get to see her being a lawyer. We still get to see her out going and being an adventurer. I had half of a mind to make Titania a part of the cast. Oh, you know, I like her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because again, like yes. they got it. They, they always go back and forth. And so I would kind of love to see them in a dynamic where they had to consistently be around each other. And, you know, I love a housewife feud. And like, she hopes <laughs> Titania, that's like good right there. It's like, you gotta yes, go, that's, you know. That's good drama. Exactly. It'll actually be interesting. I think I told you um, she showed up in Immortal Hulk. She's a part of like Gamma Flight now. Oh, I didn't know. Titania is? Yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't know that, no. Yeah, so she's a part of uh, Gamma Flight, which is like one of the offshoots of Alpha Flight, and they're currently searching for Hulk. So, you know, Al Ewing writes that book and he's like brought Jen in once or twice and he did. I wonder if he's like gonna build something and have them meet up again. That would be nice. Ooh, now you're making me realize I really need to jump into Immortal Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like my, sh that is my relaunch. I would like for her to be like this reality-based show where they're following her around. She's, um, again, we still get to see her being this like confident woman dealing with like these superhuman cases of being a lawyer. Obviously you'll have your appearances from the other characters in the Marvel universe. Um, I want it to be fun again. That would be fun. That sounds like a really like fun book. Um, and I feel like you can actually inject the seriousness into it because you are into like the mind of She-Hulk and how she really feels about all this kind of stuff going yeah. on around her. Because I feel like she's the kind of character where she's not only a superhero. Like she has yeah. a life outside of that with uh, being a lawyer and um, and all those other kinds of things that she gets into. Um, her dating life, um, it's not just strictly super heroics. Um, yeah. So I feel like that kind of the premise of someone wanting to come and make a reality show of her life will be give you like a chance to show all those different aspects without having to figure out a way to do that <laughs> because you can just you can just do it with the reality show you just do it and then again and like you have to uh, also think about like what would technically be happening like when Jen does go and get into these like big superhero fights she's got like this camera crew around following her so it's like how right. is she protect them and then you can even like kind of tie it back to the whole. Um, Stanford incident with the new warriors like when they oh, had yeah. their reality series and like they all kind of like blew up nitro and killed all those people it's like there's there's a lot of stuff and i think she hulk again she's a character where she's had like these trauma and these issues and these insecurities and a big part of that is like trying to find her way like finding friends along the way to combat that and like really digging into her head and like you said what better way to do that than with the cameras and the reality I like that. Um, that's a great idea. I mean, do we need to put you on the She-Hulk book? Because <laughs> hey. I would read. I would read that. That sounds great. Um, yeah, I'm surprised she doesn't have things. a book out right now. Like I would assume that she would. I liked that one Immortal She-Hulk um, one shot that Ewing did. I thought that was going to become an ongoing because it was really good. So but good. Um, 
you'd think that she would have one out right now, but there are a lot of like big name Avengers who don't have books yeah. or are, are kind of missing right now. So hopefully I think a lot of stuff is um I think a lot of stuff honestly is gonna come back with like that new MCU synergy, especially like as these shows drop. I feel like I a so lot too. of them were like kind of waiting in the background. Moon Knight's another character. He kind of like rides the BC list, but he consistently has a book. But I feel mm-hmm. like once the show comes up, I wonder how they're going to change him, especially now that Oscar Isaac is going to be him. Mm. Allegedly. I don't know if it's still got confirmed, but I know they're saying. I think it starts shooting next month, though. It does. I think that they're waiting to make a lot of these announcements um, because of what would have been con season would be coming up soon. I've time is going by so quickly that I completely forgot that like normally right now I would have been trying to figure out like my convention plans (laughs) for, for like the next few months or whatever. But I think they're probably going to be making announcements at Comic-Con over the summer, or I think C2E2 is still happening now. I think that's in April, something like that. So yeah, I think that we're probably going to start to get some of these books and hopefully maybe a she-hulk book coming out of that that'd be dope i just i, I want it <laughs> that would be dope all right y'all so that brings us to the end of this show um thanks so much for listening don't forget to rate us and subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts um leave comments you can find us on twitter at another relaunch you can email us your own suggestions characters you want us to relaunch your own relaunches um comments, questions, all that kind of stuff at another relaunch at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on social media at uncanny LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Keenan Lance with an underscore at the end. Yes. And all right, y'all, uh, let's get up out of here. I'm hungry. <laughs> same. Yeah. See, that is why you and me always on the same page. Love that. Bye y'all. <laughs>